You are listening to Thursday Nights, episode one hundred eleven. Messenger, coughs, gesturing towards you with the letter still in hand. Uh, from Keeper of Gildengale. Is going That's not a place. Gildenglade. Is this Keeper? Keeper? That's a place. Yes, we already covered that last week. And the one question I don't remember the answer to last week is of Gildenglade his title or where he currently is. Did we cover yes, that? that like, what we asked it was clear to the characters that it is Keeper. It is addressed to the man named Keeper. No, no, but... Do we know where he is now? Because it's from up Gillinglade. Yeah, read it. Uh, no, this is the first <laughs> you've heard of him. He, he is not. Uh, I snatches the letter. Ivan is not answering. He's just gesturing towards yeah, the letter. He, I just don't know the. Wonders he handing to Aurora. Magic on I don't know the grammar of. Oh, I'm gonna check. Uh, he is letter. handing it towards Aurora. Yeah. Well, Aurora has reached out, <laughs> taken the letter, in a snatch-like fashion. Does snatch. she open the letter? Does she then read the letter? Oh, the letter is burn sealed with keeper's sign. When you touch it, the seal evaporates and the letter unfolds in your hand. You have a feeling anyone else trying to open the letter would have likely caused it to self-destruct. Oh, man. Oh, we've missed out on a great opportunity. We could have used it. Start the session. Should have given it. Send this back to... You basically just wasted a weapon. Should have given it to Pazuzu. Very funny, guys. That was another one-time troll we just wasted. Yeah, that's what the letter says. You idiots. We inherited his debt. Sweet. <laughs> Dang it. She adjusts her spectacles. Aurora immediately recognizes the language written upon the parchment. Good. I hope it was a readable language. It's calm. It is a language that she and Keeper had used once upon a time to send secret communications between the two back when they were mercenaries and had needs to, uh, to be able to communicate without prying ears, or without prying eyes, seeing it. It is a completely original language, and therefore, uh, even Pinter is unable to uh, is unable to understand it. At least not immediately. Pinter's oh, not yes. looking over at her. Aurora having code. this is a queen. He's not gonna, code. He's not gonna read like what does this queen's personal letter say? Not overtly. <laughs> she holds it up he to a, a mirror. No he, one will figure this he, one out. He has his ghost go and go behind her. <laughs> Aurora, having traveled with Keeper for years, years, or oh, two years, I think, actually, because it was, a week and a half. Half. It was, it was sure. two years. How many years? It's a week and a half. Years. For two years yeah. before uh, reuniting Her, with yeah. all of you, yeah. most of you, yeah. she oh, is able to read the uh, is able to read the letter as if it were in common, and it reads: "Forgive the crude form of communication. I had to be sure that your enemies would not intercept my message." That being said, I dare only to write this. I know how to stop it. Please meet me on the last day of Flame Rule at the place where you gave me my name. Did you read this out loud, or are you telling us about it? No, she reads it quietly to herself first, and then then she she reads it it. quietly. Wait, yeah, she murmurs it. 
Did we meet did we, him? She, at, her lips move when she reads. Her lips move when she reads. So you can read. You now know the. I don't remember, I don't remember when said. we first met Keeper. Well, you you all first met Keeper when he was, at, in, the when he was in, in the dungeon in Olgarth. In bits. In little pieces. What, what was the, the guy first that we met now? in the yeah. temple where Wrath tried to blow us up? No. I asked about what it. temple. Oh, weren't there? There were statues. There, there were robots. There were definitely. You mean RA4? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were there definitely was... Warforged, but none of them were Keeper. All Warforged are the same. Yeah. Ren is. I'm pretty sure Ren is extremely so, racist against Ren, lots of races. I'm defining the environment. All war- constructs look the same. Yeah. <laughs> all do. constructs. Well, a lot all of them look very constructs. similar, so they have um, like sigils on their heads. That they were typically built many at a time. But the warforges were most of the warforges were built. Ages ago, and were built many at a time to perform uh, War. tasks. War. So there would be tons of Ren begins to ponder out loud and kind of is looking at Aurora and says, "What? What has he been doing that he a knows about what's going on, and b knows how to fix it?" Do we know that what he's talking about stopping is actually related to this and not? It could be completely A unrelated. small emergency. Yeah, do you have, like, I mean, a I have digestive to... problem this that he what... has been concerned about for some time. Ben's here definitely even Not at all. Yeah, he thinks of it, so everyone. It's like if your car's broken and you've been car. If your teleporting circle has been broken for a while and you've been trying to fix it, and somebody comes up and says, "Hey, I know how to fix that," you can be like, you like "Tell me now." Yeah, it's true. And they realign your back. Thanks. Your fire hurt. To answer your question, I haven't seen Keeper since uh, like a few days before the wedding, and he never showed up to the wedding. Oh yeah, and we're he still left, standing. He left a different note. Did you in invite? That was like eight years uh, ago. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're still standing in the he middle. He was supposed of, to give me like away. Angry storm. The storm has um, has stopped. We're still standing oh, in the elemental chaos. Angry, and yeah, enemy base. you're in the elemental chaos, the and uh, the the. The Instead cloud, the, uh, you know, the kind of the, the rainstorm cloud floors and walls have just become solid and have stopped churning. It's like almost as if the the life, the energy of this place is dying out, but instead of like dissipating, it is just hardening and solidifying, becoming, uh, becoming solid. And you imagine that this place will probably, no, I can turn up the volume. It needs to be back here for the, for the arc. Is it too quiet? So, yeah. The butt shape. Um, um so what I was saying is that it's, uh, you get the feeling that this place will become a permanent fixture in the elemental chaos. Okay. A permanent reminder of uh, what Gilel had done. Pinter says, while this reassured. will serve as a reminder of the madness of Gilel to most, uh, to his followers, it will be a, 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 a yeah, rallying statue to his cause. So there are still many in this base. Valdai. Are those the enemy guys? Oh, sec- the, evil, well, they were not... the evil sectari guys? Uh, they had wow. a name. There are many of Galel's sectari still in this base. He says, now, I must admit I've... I don't want to presume what the uh, rulers of Thunderstrike would prefer, but might I humbly suggest these are people that we could bring to our cause. If they're looking for a cause, we can provide one to them. Perhaps, if the if they express they interest. I mean, but they're without a leader who was affecting their minds. 
true. Perhaps we can provide a positive direction for their vengeful spirit. If we direct one of the other sectari on it, I'm sure that that would probably work. One of the ones that didn't defect originally might be better able to. Do we have another sectari that we trust enough to... No. There was Argerok, and he's dead. Yeah. Well, we could bring him back if that's possible. Perhaps I could attempt to communicate with them. I, I do have experience <laughs> talking with those who would normally consider me an enemy. Brandis does point out... Uh, what was the man's name? Sarah Sevelin? Sevelin. The dude who was wounded on the floor back in... Oh, Sevelin. Had the yeah. perception to know something was going wrong, the integrity to oh, run sorry. away from it, and the prowess to survive fleeing. The integrity to run away. Ren laughs a little bit and says, well, he doesn't even say anything. You is not being ironic. He's, he's, he's willing to let Pinter try, and he might succeed at, in, at influencing them. But these are people that were very... I mean, that was part of the whole reason they went off with Galel, is because they were... They wanted results. They were, I mean, they were very... They got results. Driven. They might see the error of their ways. To be like, hey guys, let's talk about this. We've... Why don't you come with us? Yes. Well, while it might work, Pinter suggests perhaps I can send a mental message now, just in the voice of Thunderstrike, and let them know that uh, Sevalin will be coming back to uh, to offer uh, and transition. Yeah, to basically to offer that if they choose to, uh, they will be welcome to. You join hear our ranks. a loud, exaggerated throat clang. <coughs> And Ivan is holding his hand out to you. I hand him a hag's doorknob. I say, this will be much more useful to you than anybody. Ren looks at Aurora and says, I'm pretty sure this was your letter. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I suppose I can spare a few... Astral diamonds. Astral diamonds. <laughs> Fine. She seriously does like. If I resign in the mail, there. I don't expect Bing. you to pay the shipping. Shing. Sparkle, sparkle. Yeah, that, take a million. We got plenty. She holds it out. Here you are. Thank you very much for your timely. What is the customer? He holds his hand out and he does not move uh, to take it. And he says, "I'm afraid that's not the kind of payment I'm after today." Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! She's a married dwarf. Hang on there, buddy. He says, "Oh no, not that either." No, he says, I require a five years of your life. What? <laughs> what? What? Again, Ren looks at Aurora. You're, I'm actually with Ren on this one. Yeah, why not Brandis? Brandis, you have does it make a difference? Um, <laughs> one year of my endless life is more valuable than thirty of your very limited time. Pinter your sends. Your arrogance astounds me. Pinter Even sends now. a mental message to Aurora. And says, how useful would it be to have this man's service in the future, or can we simply scare him away? Also, a uh, oh. world knowledge check is Ivan uh, is he known for charging in lifetime? Or is he just like Ivan, uh, uh, Ivan is known for requesting charges of all sorts of bizarre things, and he is also known to be quite a trickster. Oh. So I should say, not a trickster... A jokester. Well, it's too late now. Pinter's taking him seriously. Uh, Brandis has, has heard of Ivan, the Ivan the Certainly. messenger. 
over hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. That's not good. The tale of the man with winged many, boots, I, who is the most, uh, like if you need a message delivered and price is not an issue, uh, Ivan the Messenger is the one to hire. Did Keeper agree to that? <laughs> yeah, uh, sending it for the COD? What the hell, Keeper? Pinter! <laughs> maybe he made him. Slams his gauntlet fist against the wall, and suddenly there's a swirling cloud of ghosts surrounds him. By the time they clear each of them, moaning in a haunting way, by the time they clear, he is in full croaker get up illusion, the emotional magic and everything. And he, he immediately like says, Oh, the croaker! And he says, he says, I delivered a message to you 20 years ago. He says, I remember that. <laughs> he says, Ivan, you do not seek prices such as that from individuals such as these. You deal with the heroes of Thunderstrike and their allies. You deal with the queen of the nation and the king of the dead. You deal with the lord of hell, or whatever the word is, right? Oh. Oh, lord of hell and the undying himself. You may ask for wealth, you may ask for land, but do not ask for life! And it just reverberates sure, and shakes it. He is intimidating him. Using his magic spell. Ren leans over, Ren leans over to Hugh and is like, I'm pretty sure he knows who we're dealing with, and I'm pretty sure that's why he's demanding this. So just so you know, uh, doing intimidate by the rules turns a um, turns a friendly person into a hostile person. Uh, then he's using diplomacy. <laughs> um, no, no, it's fine. I'm just letting you know. Um, Ivan floats into the air with a thoughtful expression at this. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. hangs upside down from his winged boots for a moment, tapping his chin. He says, Yes, yes, I, I think you are right. I tell you what, how about I'll take one of those? And he points to one of the ghosts like swirling around. I get plenty of them, sure. He gives him a... There, there was a ghostly traitor who uh, who had seen through like the croaker's guys okay. uh, right before he left, and he captured him in a bottle. And he says, oh, wait, no, wait, not that one. He knows the truth. <laughs> wait, no. No, no, no. There was a... Uh, shake the jar really hard. Some assassin who, uh, who died and continued to try and be a crime lord in the underworld, and so Croker has him in a bottle that's shaped like a glass skull. And uh, he takes it out and it floats in midair, and he says, this was a powerful ghost from a powerful assassin. Take it as your price. And it, he floats it towards Ivan. Ivan uh, Ivan looks as it swirls around him and he says, ooh, very well. And then he floats back around. He says, do you wish to send a reply? <laughs> How much does that cost? He says, oh, don't you worry. Yeah, the price is paid. I would. Wait, meaning that you're going to ask something from Keeper when you deliver it? Aren't we going to meet him mm-hmm. at the time? Or Keeper's dead. Keeper's assuming we're going to be there. So we shouldn't send a reply. Don't even bother. We don't want it to get intercepted or anything like that. No, thank you, Ivan. Just take your ghost and go. Thank you. Where'd you get your boots? Those are nice boots. 
He says, ooh, I think gay. And then he just takes a step forward. And as he takes a step forward, you see him shoot forward extremely fast as if he's going to bolt through the wall and just disappears into it. And he's gone. A dick. He just says, oh, it's a shoe story. He wouldn't know about it. It's a shoe story. And then you see a tiny piece of parchment float to the ground. Where coming from right where he was standing. Right, picks it up. Get it close. It is, uh, it is like a little, it's a, you know, a half piece of parchment. It looks like a flyer, and it just says, Ivan's Winged Boots Emporium. <laughs> Ren tucks it in his cloak. Ivan gets hey. his own boots? Makes sense. Mm-hmm. That guy's a decent fellow after You gotta rely on the things. You want your own, make sure they know they're gonna work. Yeah, so. but I wouldn't give them to anyone, because that would be, you know, competition. I he would imagine. The good ones. Yeah. yeah. Only the lemons. Yeah. The ones that he doesn't. He tries to make them. Or they've got a, a magic word that you say and they stop working. <gasps> Kill switch. Or like you know. What magic word is you say and they cut off your feet at the ankles? <laughs> Fly away with them. Fly away with them. Well, Aurora's just. Maybe he just really likes feet. He's got a foot fetish. I was gonna say. Oh God, you got to like under the legs. They just fly back to him. He hangs on his wall. Wow, that got dark fast. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. But you asked for five years of your life. It started dark. That is pretty dark. Um, said we're lucky he didn't there. ask for your child. I don't have any left to give up. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. You could have given him your son. <laughs> I demand a vegetable. God, I meant a cabbage. I didn't. So, um, re- oh, you guys are sick. <laughs> How far away is the last day of flame roll? Calendar. Uh, check. Aurora checks the calendar to see how far away flame roll is calendar? right now. And where is the and last day? Uh, it's about a ten day away. And where is the place? One ten day. Where's the? Oh, um. Yeah. Oh, the place that's where right. you gave him his name. Well, let's walk and talk. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm fly. happy to leave this place. Yeah. Victor jumps onto that astral skiff. Is there anything we can do for Argerok? He's pretty well dead now. You should have a burial. He's dead. See, he's pretty dead. Okay. Funeral pyre. Well, in they the burn. other way. They burn. Funeral pyre. Yeah, should we, like, let the rest of the sectari that are here know that, yeah, we killed your leader, and yeah, this is why? Yeah, um, I was going to send out a mental message before we left. Mm-hmm. I'll bring the body back, and the. I keep forgetting his name. Like it. The other guy can settle as the new potential leader of, yeah. or just a guy Mahi who's crew. like you know, Thunderstrike's Patsy. Yeah, so, yeah. This guy did it. Okay, before we leave, Pinter sits down and meditates, and he sends out a mental message. <clears throat> Wait, I didn't actually use that encounter power. Yeah, um, sends out a mental message to the Sektari, the, the bad Sektari. They're not bad. That's anymore. The misguided Sektari. They just don't know. The Sektari that, that is, that is diplomatic. Well, this is not a message from his personality as the, the croaker. This is him as Pinter, who is a much nicer guy. And uh, he lets him know just factually what had happened. He says, This is uh, this is Pinter Pashtari, an ally of the heroes of Thunderstrike. Your leader, Jalel has fallen. We have we had found madness in his heart and, and his soul. that was corrupting him. Um, 
says, uh, he was corrupting your minds as well, and you are free of it. We know that you have a vengeful spirit within you, but know that Thunderstrike is not your enemy. It is a willing ally if you choose to, uh, to bind your, or, yeah, to work alongside us. Uh, there is great evil in the world, and only through passionate spirits as yours can we hope to quell it. Jailman wouldn't want you guys throwing your lives away on a reckless quest for lives. Well, Roy's talking and he's She's feeding him lines. Yeah, he says, Jailman uh, <laughs> wouldn't want you to throw your lives away on a useless quest for blood. The one you knew as Sevalin will be returning. He sought harbor with Thunderstrike. And we protected him from the evil of Gilel. When he returns, he will talk to you about a possible alliance. So there is much anger in your heart, but it is not as corrupted as Gilel's was. There is still time to mend your ways. Look for a messenger. In the meantime, we are sorry for your loss. And that's the mental image he gives out. And then he hops on the skiff Let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, we have. Oh, do you want me to do you want me to roll a diplomacy or anything to send that message? Because I can't. Great. Come on. Come on. Let me. If you want to roll die? I'm not gonna stop you. But I use my encounter power plus thirty-seven. Wait, it's an encounter power? Yeah. Okay. Oh. That's okay. Wait, you're using <laughs> an encounter power to... Let him do it. Don't those recharge every five minutes, or do we not do those rules anymore? We take Only a if we rest. Do. rest, yeah. But we probably won't get attacked. Well, when will I need to use that encounter power for diplomacy? That's fine. Indeed. When? Uh, he got a 41. Immediately, a man appears before you, and he says, Negotiate with me or die! <laughs> <laughs> We're already <laughs> <laughs> negotiate. Now, you say, do I have to negotiate with you? Can I just pay you? And he goes, all right, well done. Can you just give me five minutes to catch my breath? <laughs> well, I'll scare him away. Or I know he uses his other encounter power to use <laughs> arcane as stealth and sneaks away. <laughs> he goes. <laughs> but by that time, this is not here. We're out of there. <laughs> All right. Um, so as as we travel um, in the elemental, elemental chaos, chaos <laughs> tells tells you the short version of, of the story of, of this whole. And we have our body with us. Yeah, someone we burn it first. Mm-hmm. That's your custom. I, we're taking it back. Uh, That's how you found them. To know their custom. That That's how he died the first time. We're gonna take him back to his people, the guy on the ship, because no matter their custom, I don't think they want other people to burn their people. We're taking corpses. them to the Gizzari. That's probably true. Yeah. We, can, we can have someone. Do you know where the Gizzari are? We don't know. No, no. Um, oh, the Sektari. Sektari. Oh, the guy on the ship who's loyal to us. I and guess oh, Sektari. Sektari you mean not on the ship at Emaskar, because the ship it's true. is currently Emaskar is our ship indisposed. So it was like I don't know a year and a half ago. Or a year and a half before I met that up with you guys again. Uh, dark times. Um, so like twelve years ago. Yeah, like twelve years ago. Uh, 13, it's all kind of it's all kind of hazy, but uh, it's I funny believe, how time flies. Yeah, it's, I believe 
I believe the gist of it was that we were on, I think, a first official mercenary mission at the same time. We were both mercenaries. Really deep in enemy territory. It was in the Raran Desert. Pretty, pretty far north. We ended up at some Emascari ruins. They're all over the area. And tracked them and these, I don't know what they were. They were just some bad folks. Got into a scuffle. I broke my leg. Wasn't able to continue pursuing. And rather, rather than That's not surprising. Yeah. Don't ride too much. You never were much before me. <laughs> and rather than pursue the uh, villainous villains, Keeper uh, stayed with me and, and we stayed in the ruins until I was able to heal up and move on. And I, I kind of jokingly referred to him as my Keeper because he was not letting me leave. I wanted to like limp after the guys, and I guess the name kind of stuck, because apparently Warforged don't really have names until they get, like, hmm. called something that, that really fits them, and he just started calling himself that, and so that, I guess, would be where he got his name. So some ruins in the Ruin Desert. The Ruin Desert. No, the Ron, Ron Desert. With the some ruins. It's in the ruins in the Ruin Desert. Yeah. If you ask me a point on a map exactly where it was, I wouldn't be able to tell you Really? But you could probably get there. But I could get around that area. Okay. And maybe maybe 12 years ago, it probably looks similar. It's a desert. I don't know why you would want to go there, though. Should we return to Haya Mascar first to uh, deliver the body and talk to Savalin? Sure. I mean, if you, if, yeah. I mean, definitely. I'd be wise. I, I don't think we should cart a body around this whole time, no. And I assume between Pinter and Rain. They have enough magic to preserve the body, so it doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah true. Well, and we have ten days. That's a super also, low, so. super low. Uh, yeah, that is a that is one ritual. But it's a, I do ritual. But it's a ritual. I mean, I buy a potion of. Yeah, come on, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're able to easily uh, take his body to. Cool. Uh, uh, so, it. using, am I able to use the astral skip to get us back? The one that to get you back yeah. oh and then these guys follow me right yes. yeah it's a one man skiff so yeah I mean but it's the same way same we got, way out, we got right? in he kind of punches oh the portal mm-hmm. uh, yeah Pinter um, takes a little bit of kind of Pinter feeling it out Pinter. but uh, he, he figures out how to uh, operate the uh, the astral skiffs portaling yeah I portaling imagine mechanism. that Pinter is more than capable of just creating a portal from where we are but he was fascinated by this device <laughs> and, so cool. and was looking for a good excuse to use it He's like, no, no, we're going to use this, because I want to. Pinter dreamed of doing this stuff the whole time. He was stuck being the stupid demon king. <laughs> as, uh, as, the group's tra- as the group's traveling back, Ren, after, after we hear the tale of how Keeper was named, um, Ren tells the group that he has some business he has to take care of, and peels off from the rest of the group and says yeah. that he will... Meet up with you guys in High Master. Right. Er. More business in hell. Yeah, that's where we're going. Probably. So, um. You're, right now you're going? Yeah. Okay. Alright. So, um. <clears throat> Ren. Well, let's do. Let's do. Follow the main group, and then. Uh, and you can tell us what Ren was doing in the meantime. Okay. Does that work? Mm-hmm. 
So, um, you guys are returning to... They're back to High Mascar. High Mascar. Again, in front of the skiff, the portal, you know, tears through the, the tender fabric between the elemental chaos and the material plane as we're able to uh, each follow through behind Pinter on his skiff and find yourselves back in the material plane. And from there, there's a short trip back to Skyclave in High Mascar. And now, uh, what are you doing there? Okay, like once we get there, we pull up to that same broken window, which I assume is fixed by our halflings by now. It better be. Uh-huh. Those halflings don't even be uh, It's been boarded up. Except Pinter is not yet good at controlling this thing and didn't check how to stop it, so it goes <laughs> through the same window before it likes getting to a stop inside. Yeah. Almost I'm hits shop <laughs> as he's there, like with sketches for like a new, like just really amazing it's a window. Amazing, gilded. And he says, Ah, that's how you stop it. Uh, shop stands up immediately to greet Brandis, and he says, Welcome home. Yes. Such as it is. Such as if you can call this home. <laughs> but Pinter uh, seeks out uh, Sevalin to talk with him. Is he being, uh, his wounds being tended to now that he hopefully doesn't have that lightning curse anymore? Or the cold? Uh, yeah, he's not there. He's at the uh, he's at the infirmary. Yeah, and, he goes uh, to the infirmary. It's been like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> he's totally. It's, it's more like been half a day. And um, Buren Ghost is there. And when you come in, he immediately fills uh, fills you in, explaining that he was able to stabilize Sevalin and uh, that he will recover. Although it will take, um, he, he expects that it will take. He'll need uh, to be cared for for about a ten day. That's okay. Uh, the Sektari will need time to uh, to grieve for their lost leader before they can hear about new ideas. Uh, but he asks that Sevalin be woken up so that he can talk to him. Actually, screw that. He talked to him mentally. He enters his dream. Beeran Ghost. Beeran Ghost knows, uh, knows what Pinter is thinking and says it should be safe to do so. And he enters Savalin's dream state. Uh, Savalin's dreamscape is winds yeah. and a storm brewing, and it is him getting struck. By thunderbolts. Don't wake him up. Pinter uh, summons the imagery into Sevelin's dream of what the group just did. Uh, the entire fight. So the, the storm cloud transforms into the fortress they were within. And he sees them defeat uh, Gilel so that it's basically communicating to him what had happened that now he is safe. And in fact, he sees his own body on uh, the, in the infirmary with the wounds no longer freezing and, and starting to heal. And Pinter says, uh, Sevelin, you are now safe, but you have our Thunderstrike has need of you. And uh, he explains to Sevelin that after they had defeated Galal, he says, uh, you know, we do not wish uh, for the Galal Sektari to continue in their ways. However, we know that their uh, their free spirits are we would not want to bind them in chains either uh, we wish to send you back once you are recovered to uh, be our ambassador to their people we also have Arjrak's body uh, we did not feel comfortable disposing of it ourselves not knowing their customs and ways we are trusting you to take his body back to his people so he may be uh, so he may rest in peace 
And uh, with Sevalin's nightmare calmed and turned into, uh, you know, this this more calming dream that it is, he looks to um, he looks to Pinter. Does he appear as the croaker when he does no, this? No, okay. he is. He can he can project. Yeah, he's got dual souls. Um, so he looks to Pinter and he says, uh, he says, I will take up this responsibility. And he says, and the Githzeri will receive a burial fit for a sectari, for that is what he dedicated his life to be. Very well. We trust you. Uh, you were brave enough to break from Yulel's madness. We trust you to be brave enough to, um, to do diplomacy with his people. And he exits the dream to let him rest in the more peaceful dreamscape. And he tells the rest of the group, uh, Sevelin has agreed to what we discussed. Wow. To you all, it's just, he's just <laughs> standing there staring at him. Yeah, he agreed. Bluff well, check. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Pinter, well, feeling pretty good. Impressive. Binding the wound to the world. <clears throat> Ren's not there, but when he eventually hears about it. He did not think it would go that easy. Yeah, dude. Howard being the nice guy. Also, the, you didn't see this, but the red shard I got allows me to do anything I want now. <laughs> I just celebrate how to go. Alright. Before you is a clear schedule. Vacation! <laughs> Scott! Hot spring sauna time! Looks like an extended rest. Keeper so, has asked you to uh, to meet dead. him in a 10 day. Oh, in a 10 day. Not Keeper, we sorry. Oh, Keeper, Keeper has asked you to meet him in a 10 day, and you have retrieved the. Um, the what? Wind crystal Recently, shard? Time's yeah. Arrow, or the Kronos, Kronos Arrow, yeah. as well as the Kronos Red arrow, Crystal Shard. As well as the Red Crystal Shard, Pinter. which were all of the uh, leads. For That's the, right. And as the legend goes of the piece that was stolen from the shard of pure evil, those were the five. Yeah. And there's still the question of what to do with Asmodeus and that potential threat. There's an extra shard floating around. Yeah, there's a spare, and perhaps, that could potentially turn bad at some point. Perhaps we should wait until Ren returns like, to discuss this, though. Yeah, well, most yeah, likely wise. Let's um, just go get it. In the meantime, uh, yeah, yeah, turn around. Let's go there and take care of this Asmodeus. Uh, in the meantime, Pinter is going to take out his equipment, which I imagine like folds out of a suitcase, so it's got a really narrow base for like the legs of the table, and then it's just like stacked with all this stuff. And he starts studying very carefully and cautiously the, the piece of the shard they removed from Gilel's heart. Alright. That would actually be kind of funny <clears throat> if you guys went and killed Asmodeus. <laughs> and then when Ren got back, <clears throat> Pinter also had a crimson sword. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm like, wow, this is great! What? I'm all at the Blade of Souls <laughs> and the Crown of Hog. <laughs> what? Or the Crown and the... Uh, and the Kronos arrow, I'm just yeah. like, hey, welcome back! This isn't what it looks like! Oh, God. Alright, so that's what, uh, that's what uh, Q, up to. Um, draws Brandis aside to talk privately for a few minutes. Um, draw him aside. Yes. Um, so we can get him to stand still. Yes. Mr. Weaver. Um. Master Weaver. Hey, he finds Weaving. one of the meeting rooms... 
um, in a mask guard that is heavily warded against scrying and other such intrusions. Um, Brandis is has one of those uh, little those horse brushes. It's grooming for the flies. Oh. <laughs> You've seen more and more around High Mascar. And you've seen They're becoming Pablo. a thing. It's yeah. like a new fashion thing. Because that's what happens. Madness. That's so, that's reasonable. Um, yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> the man who originally created the uh, the figurine that looks like a wyvern but turns into a fly has uh, has actually set up shop and has rebranded his shop that is uh, you know. Flyvern flown by Brandis of Thunderstrike, sold here, and uh, and he does business day in and day out. Well, as um, and as you guys have absolutely learned, we'll get to whatever Sam was saying. Um, the uh, portal area, when the ship collapsed, was sealed. Residium trees and an abandoned house with a lot of garbage. There have been giant flies coming out of there. <laughs> That's been the source of them. So, there's, uh, you guys have definitely more and more I don't want to go in there. Oh god, my forge. Yeah. They have to be yeah. domesticated. It's, oh god. Mm. Yeah, breaking break a stallion, fly. you gotta, you gotta break that fly. You just, <laughs> come on! Come on! Buzzes angrily at you. So that's what. Sometimes Ren just likes to go watch Brandis do this. That's what Brandis, Pavo, and Brandis is slowly growing. He's always had the warband of of guys, but he's uh, had more of them uh, following him more closely, um, like Pavo. And there's uh, becoming more of a a careful organization, whereas before there was just kind of. uh, Brandis being insane. Brandis being insane and guys uh, following in. in, in his wake, but now there's slowly becoming more of a an order of Brandis kind of thing. The yeah. order, ooh, a Sons of Brandis. Sons of Brandis. Uh, the undying Anyway, sons. Brandis is brushing a fly and says, uh, Yes, So. I told you this story. The Crown of Ogma. Um, <laughs> Brandis says, Yes, but oh, first off, uh, just a uh, world knowledge thing. Did we know that you told. No. No, that was a private thing. That okay. was a private thing. I'm only telling you, Brandis. <laughs> no. Um, you hear about anyone else doing this? Kill Brandis. So Brandis says, yes, the Crown of Ogma. I uh, trust you've already used it and been corrupted by it? Huh. <laughs> Not as such, no. Um, That's what you would say if you were. Our recent trip to the Dark World has uh, caused me to reevaluate my plans for securing it. Uh my future that I had foreseen was not too far different, although with better results than uh, that world's version, and it showed me that I need allies, apparently more than I thought I did. Um, if you're willing to bear the burden, I'd be willing to tell you where it is. Brandis uh... ponders for a moment, and for just, for just a glimmer, you see actual pondering going on behind his Aside from the giant doe eyes. Brandis <laughs> um, fake ponders a lot. Exactly. That's why your superior insight check is able to detect... No, he's serious. He's thinking. He really is thinking this one. Um, he thinks on this for a moment because 
he immediately first says, um, when you, when we first attained the crown, not only was I fine with you being its protector and guardian, but I had no interest in taking part of that, uh, as it was a responsibility that... And the responsibility is still mine to bear. Indeed. Uh, I just know that... Regardless of whether or not you bear the responsibility, I will need allies. And my original plan was to withdraw from Indeed. eventually. And yes, you'd have to pass it on. No, it were, not not pass it on. Uh, I mean, I I hadn't found anything yet, but my had been planning of ways to seek to extend my own life, and it would appear that in my alternate. Reality thing, I seem to have succeeded because by rights I should have been dead a few hundred years previous in that world. Yes, I noticed that as well. Yes. It was unusual. Um, um, not no offense, but I <clears throat> really, you were the last person I expected to see uh, living in, in quite that distance from our, from our current time. I feel like, I mean, the rest of us, you know, yeah. We've got our long-term plan. I feel yeah. like you're still kind of looking at the next week kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, um... I don't know. You don't have to know if you don't want to. Just, I don't know. Uh, mm. <sighs> Sorry, what was the I am distraught. <laughs> this distresses me. <clears throat> you can get back to him. <laughs> You don't have to know. It just know that. Uh, Brandon says, "I've always got." I'm reaffirming back. that. I guess I do trust you, and I'm happy to have you as an ally and as a friend. Brandon says, "I appreciate that, and and likewise." But the crown of Agma is a massive, massive target on one's back, as I'm sure your many sleepless nights have indicated yes. to you. Um. If you ever feel in great need that something, that a present danger is, uh, what, let's see, more present than things we've encountered in the last 48 <laughs> hours. Um, so it seems to be only getting worse. Yeah. So really, when you feel like we're getting out of our league, more so than we already are, um, tell me then, but... As much as as I trust you as an ally, I trust your ability to protect your responsibility. And so I must, with respect, decline. Um, if you find that's yourself not a problem, I just I don't know. I felt like I had been I had been considering how I would eventually withdraw from the group, and so I feel like I had been I don't know preparing myself to withdraw from. Our eventual friendship and uh, our situation. So, for instance, I, I hate just, to say it, but if you withdraw from the group, that doesn't change your responsibility to the crown. No, it does not. But okay, I'm just saying I'm changing my endgame plans. All right. Thinking more two weeks ahead, then. Yes. Very nice. That's all. Good advice. <clears throat> Brandon says, good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Fresh. Good back to brush. Easy, Nelly. Easy, girl. 
There's not that many hairs on a fly to actually brush. You're just gonna get in the legs. It's, it's just these <laughs> ones. It's the big, thick hairs yeah, that bristles. he's just... He's, he's not brushing the back. He's brushing the, the hair. The hairs have hair. Each hair follicle. He's like actually planing the back of the, <laughs> back of the fly. The exoskeleton is very hardy. What's Ren doing? Or you want to just start what you're doing, what you're doing right away? Yeah. Um, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not a big thing. Um, Aurora asks uh, for Osano. She she summons Osano. She doesn't ask for him. Queens don't ask for shit. She summons him. At first, she asks and says, "Can you ask?" No. Summon him. Tell Osano. Tell Osano to get Inform Osano that I wish to speak with him. Yes, that's... Her mind goes through this process. She's not really 100% used to actually fulfilling the rulership role. She's always yeah. had it kind of in title. Tell Osano he's already late. Kings do not exactly summon other kings, but they do not ask for audience with other kings either. That's true. They express desire. Osano's not a king, though. Osano is our... Oh, not Osano. He's Correct. For some reason I was thinking Kushio. Oh, yeah, spot He's but a man. Actually, he's a dog. But no, a dog. He's still a mortal. Right? They're mortal, right? Anyway, yeah, mortal. get him. Get him. Come get, here. Get him. Come here. Bring get him. him. Bring him to me. <laughs> That's how kings talk, right? <laughs> a lot of wheeze in there. I'm, I'm You've been a queen for a little longer. Than... We're working on that. <laughs> it's not your first day. It feels like the first time. Osano! The, he shows up. Ah, Osano. <laughs> did you finish he, that research he was the that I had sent you on earlier? Osano says, Yes, Your Majesty. Oh, good. He says, Of course. Did you have any doubts? Well, you just. You're always such a quick worker. I just, you know. Things are more difficult without my resources aboard the ship. Naturally. So it only took you. He says, I have been working with, uh, <clears throat> chick with the horns. Stoila? I have been working wow. with Stoila. <laughs> your, your title is Arbiter of Secrets is suddenly slipping. <laughs> Look, I specialize in knowledge that not many people know. Like Stoila's name, apparently. No one ever asks me for that. Why would I need to remember it? What's Stoila's name? It's not a question you hear. <laughs> no, because then it would give away the... Answer. Uh, I've been working with her to make sure that my accommodations aboard the new Thunderstrike will be even better than before. Naturally. Now, do you have the... He says, yes, yes, of course, and hands her a, a stack of documents. What might call it a dossier? It is sealed. A sealed dossier. Documents. It is a sealed with Osano's sigil. Documents. And she knows that his uh, his <laughs> magic sigil will uh, it'll only open for Aurora the person. Aurora says, "Documents, fabulous." It'll only open for the person who's in and t- dude, what the fuck? <laughs> only open for the person who's intended to read it. I assume that's what it was. He says, oh, "I was it's trying up. to explain it." But he says, "I'm sorry, Your Majesty." Yeah. <laughs> he starts backing out. Osano's oh, mind is clearly somewhere else right now. And Aurora. Opens the door. Is anyone around? No, she made sure that it was just her and Osano. She waits till Osano leaves, then she opens the door. Okay. Osano's seen it. 
Lisa sees seen it, but if someone sees him see her see it, shut up. Queen? Alright. Queen! Did you read something? Alright, was that? It. Yes. Okay. Ren! <laughs> to be continued. Ren! Ren. <clears throat> he peeled off from you guys while we were still traveling through the elemental chaos. And he went down to the ground, got off of Tenebrae, and just started walking. And as is familiar with you guys when, when Ren teleports, the gray mist uh, kind of spread in all around him. And when it got to the point that he couldn't see anything else around him anymore, it began to part. And he found himself in his study in Mephistar, which was the former citadel of Mephistopheles in Kenya. Now, in... Renton. In, uh... Mephistopheles <laughs> kind of... I mean, it was, it was great decoration, but it was kind of gaudy and stuff. So Ren has, has gotten Torn the devils the there that aren't off fighting the war. I mean, you gotta have some guys still taking care of the homestead. They've been redecorating. And his, his study is, uh, much like it was back on Thunderstrike. Lots of heavy, dark wood and iron, and as he walks in, uh, just the, the warmth and the, the greatness of the room immediately, it puts a smile on his face. He likes it here. Um, and he just continues walking across the room to where there's a, a large wooden cabinet, and he opens the door and reaches into his, uh, pulls back his, his robe and reaches into his waistband <coughs> and pulls out a blood-stained dagger and puts it into the um, puts it into the cabinet uh, closes it and begins to walk over to his desk but then pauses and turns around and looks back at the cabinet and says no I think we have enough now and goes back pulls out three blood-soaked daggers and walks over. There's a, I mean, there's there's torches that line the wall that light this place, and there's a large brazier in the middle that's, that's burning hot. I mean, it's it, that's it's what's keeping this room warm. And he walks over to it, and with a flick of his wrists, um, the three daggers fly from his hands and thunk, 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 stick into the burning logs that are that are burning in this brazier. And he pulls out his rod and holds it over the flames in the smoke and begins to quietly chant, just this deep chant kind of in the back of his throat, and begins kind of rocking back and forth on the balls of his feet. And as he does so, the flames um, just begin to burn even brighter, and the smoke just erupts from this fire, and it's, and it's this dark red smoke. And it begins flowing into the crystal like a vortex. Um, and after a minute or two of this, um, Ren can even hear, I mean, it's silent in the room other than Ren's, uh, his chanting. But Ren can just, what seemed to be slowly, um, quietly, this, this thump, 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 has grown louder and louder until Ren even realizes while he's chanting that 
it's it's the sound of his own heartbeat and the blood in his ears as he as his heart is racing and at its peak suddenly the lights from the the, the torches and the brazier all go out and you see the the light from the flames jet into the crystal as the crystal begins to shine brightly the only lit thing in the room um, as the uh, smoke stops coming out of the logs Ren then takes this charged crystal, the, 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 the staff, and walks over to the center of the room and turns it upside down and smashes the crystal into the ground. Boom! Does it once and then walks a couple steps. <coughs> boom! Does it again and walks a couple steps. Boom! Does it again and steps a few feet back and holds the rod out again as suddenly you see every bit of dust and ash and scrap of paper just start to flow um, like a magnet draws draws bits of metal, just flows into the room, into where these three piles are. It's even getting sucked from under the, the, the cracks of the doors, and it's just flowing into the room, and these piles of matter are getting bigger and bigger and bigger until they start to even resemble the, the, the shape of humanoids. And for a few minutes, this continues on until all of a sudden, everything just goes calm. And the lights and the torches and the brazier just flicker back on, and Ren is standing there. The, 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 the glow of the rod has subsided quite a bit, and Ren is standing there over three uh, bodies laying on the floor. And he walks over to each of them and touches each of their heads with his hand that's glowing hot, touches each of them. And at that, you see their chests start to rise and fall with breath, and their eyes open, and they stand up, and they're standing before him, and Ren just smirks, puts a great smile on his face, and just kind of whispers and says, it worked. And he walks over back to the cabinet, opens it up, and brings out three black bundles, and hands one to each of them and says, and commands them to don their new uniforms. And as they're doing so, he addresses them and says, and says, you, you are the first. You will be my captains. You will be my, the leaders of my armies and my legions. You will be my most powerful. I have watched you, and you impressed me in life. And now, because of such, you will be, you will serve me well in death. And as they put on their clothing, it's all black. They're wearing black boots and black pants and a black tunic and they and the last piece that they all put on at the same time it, oh and before they put them on you can see clearly that the the three figures standing in front of Ren you guys can't see it but the three figures standing in front of Ren while not exact exactly they're a little bit disfigured and marred but they are clearly the bodies of Galel Sir Cothan, and Baden. They then take their their masks that look like they look a lot like the um, sectari masks. Sectari masks, but they're black. Where the sectari's masks were white. What were the sectari's masks like? They are just a they're they're smooth with just slits cut out for the eyes, and these are black, kind of brushed metal. So they're not really glossy and shiny, but they have look to. And as they put them on, Ren stands and looks at them and they 
bow to him. For Ren has fully conquered their wills, and, and they are now subject to his rule. Um, as they stand, he commands, he commands them to leave his office, and they, without question, walk out the door as if they already know what they're supposed to do. They walk out the door, and Ren um, quietly walks over to the brazier and pulls the daggers out and returns them to the cabinet and puts them in there and then pulls out a fresh, clean, <laughs> shiny blade and tucks it into his belt <gasps> as he then turns and walks back, apparently into a wall, but the familiar gray fog um, envelops him and then as it dissipates, he finds himself in High Mascar. Wow. Can, can, I, can I just say I had this image of, instead of pulling out like one dagger... He walks over to a cabinet and he opens it and it's just thousands of daggers. <laughs> ding, and then like a slow pan out. Yeah, he's like... Mm. <laughs> no, like they're all bloody. He's like been collecting them for years. So that was Galel, Baden, and Kanor? Kothan. Kothan. Who was Baden again? Baden was a guy <clears throat> we who met served a wrath. long time ago that served a wrath. Not really like... He was Arath's partner that then Arath murdered and unwillingly raised from the dead and turned into an eye. And he was the uh, red champion in the um, that Arath had sent after them to to fight them in the Shadar. He actually did not send it after to fight you guys. He sent him to the Shadar Kai to compete in the Ushehi Kai in order to win Ushehi for a completely unrelated reason. In fact, the reason that the the Heroes of Thunderstrike went to Ushahi Kai yeah. was simply to deny Arath from getting it. Yeah, that's right. There was, was actually gonna... no other um, motivation to get it other than but he were... wants it, when we should make him not want to disenchant it. Yes, uh, Arath's intention was to disenchant it to get it's it, gain it powerful. Yeah. But powerful. she wouldn't have been able to because we found out later it was the Raven Queen's artifact that she was using to gather undying years. It would have been interesting if he had tried. Why didn't we go down that path? Yeah, just let him get it. <laughs> and then later you then guys are going to get him. Gets him. Oh, well. Raven Queen would have gotten him. Okay, two things. Uh, first thing, we'll go ahead and uh, call that a decidedly evil act. Yes. <laughs> Yay. I don't know, man. Yes. Yay. We got to take it farther. That bumps me up to the next level of concordance. <gasps> Oh, no, no, no. So, no, no. It's not decidedly evil act. That's of course. Oh, there is yeah. no decide do a decidedly evil act thing. Everything is relative. It is a lack of. You have to. If you don't do one, then you lose. Uh, oh. What I am going to call it, which is even worse, really, is I am going to give it credit for owner betrays an ally <laughs> uh, times four because um, perhaps everyone who's ever trusted at least uh, what's his name? Baden. Not Baden. Baden. Baden was never. Uh, Azurok? Wait, who are the three? It was Aiden, Cuff, and Galel. They were no, all enemies at one oh, point. None of them were uh, none of them were allies. Oh, Galel. Galel? Was no, he was the crazy guy. you guys at from the beginning. Point, he was never an ally. Yeah, he never liked us, but that doesn't make him. Faden? Yeah, Faden, no, all of those guys were enemies. Faden kind of yeah, like redeemed himself in the end. He was under control. You guys start raising good guys. Yeah, I mean, you raised uh, you raised all yeah. guys that the no, group had killed. No, seriously, no. And Kothan too guy. was not necessarily that bad of a guy. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a corrupt I thought I thought you had raised Azurak. 
your uh, your ally. And, no, every one of them, something is coming with all of them. None of them were bad guys. Then they were then corrupted or controlled by evil yeah. forces. They were all good guys. Galel was never a bad guy. No, he just didn't want to hang out with Daemon. If that doesn't make him evil, I'd Jeez. say though he's definitely evil. going against our wishes because we would throw a. I forgot that phrase. That's kind of Ruckus. A hissy fit. A hissy fit. Possibly. I would fall on my back and start waving my hands and yeah. feet in the air, shooting Cantrum. tears from my eyes. Brandis would actually attack yeah. Ren, and that is not exactly even with him know. raising these people because, well, as a group, we had that like... moment where Sir Cothan, where we tried not to kill him. Or Roku would take just too long to save Ren's life. Yes, third <laughs> time. <laughs> I, just was I think I think he would find the actions dubious, but I don't know if he would necessarily feel betrayed by them. Or is he and as Kaladar feels the betrayed crown. very easily. Well, that. Um, so he shows up like after a day. Or so no, hang on, that's not happening yet. I'm I'm handling this first. Uh, which is all right. So I guess it's just a decidedly evil act. It's not really betraying anyone. So I don't lose anything. Unless you want to consider it uh, killing a. Uh, you want to consider killing a good person. Soul. It's sort of enslaving the soul of potentially good. You know people. what? Here's the official Ren ruling: if you have to nitpick it, I don't want it. <laughs> nice. nice, nice. I mean, I it is decidedly that. evil. It it's evil. We're not to support that. If you have to nitpick it. It's not evil. Here's the thing that I'm wondering, though: uh, uh, how come you haven't been using the encounter powers, which are the quickest way to raise concordance? Um, um what are they? If, if Ren wanted concordance, I'm surprised so he hasn't they been using corruption specifically. Points and when I'm healing, I have to be right next to people, and it's heal them and give them a corruption point, which then hurts them. One corruption point barely hurts them. Hurts them like D8. Hey, to get rid. Okay, well, give to Brandis. No, Brandis. No. There's nothing. Just... There's nothing less dangerous than a corrupted undying warrior. <laughs> I was just curious well, why. So you okay? You've, yes, you've had a reason. I've thought about it. Actually, none of us would be good because that's the only way that. Uh, Think about it. You guys want a villain for a future campaign? Yeah. Or All right. that already, a little bit of each of us. That already happened for uh, Paragon. That, that was what happened for Paragon. Former heroes make the best enemies. That's true. So All right. So uh, how long does this whole thing take? How long is it before Wrench shows back up? How uh, many days? I'm, mer- I'm murking them. Three hours. Well, I mean, three oh, days. That no, takes some time. It's so, a significant thing. Spend the day there. He's so, got to give them he's orders. For, and he's there for. He hangs out. All right. Gets a little take a damn. Day. Take balcony. Take a day. But he's got to. He's got to deal with. But it's got to be impactful. If it's three oh, hours, it's it feels like. Well, I mean, it, devils oh are gosh. like to dispute territory. No, you just can't win, Lincoln. I'm thinking a day. You just can't win. Why don't you do more evil stuff? I do evil stuff. You screwed it up. <laughs> a, you didn't do it evil enough, and B, you did it too quickly. You did it too quickly. You didn't savor the moment. All right, Respect so Ren, the it takes two days. Re- oh, t- Ren returns. Oh, to whoa! After whoa. two days. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> slow down. All right, Ren returns after two days. Ren returns Sky after Clay. two days. Uh, Pinter has been. Studying. Who's also been publishing? Look. Self-publishing or publishing, no, publishing through a publishing the Dark World uh, findings. Yeah, he publishes Mind in the Matter. Oh, Observational notes on the various effects of exposure of the far realms upon the material plane. A series of illustrations, essays, and diagrams by Pinter Pashtari. 
of Dreamkeep. There's a big cover. Oh man, you, I don't know if, if how how thick of a tome is this? It is. I mean, he's we'll, a well, free to be happy. Highly intelligent guy. And also, there's a lot of pictures too. He's got all his ghosts who are observing at the same Are there time. Oh, there's everything. <laughs> they give him notes. illusions. They give him notes. Um, it is it is uh, it's a thick folio, like it's big, leather bound. I mean, it'll be printed in the cheap edition too. Is but for each now, book haunted? It With reads. Like a guide? It reads to you. <laughs> it reads to um, you. But the Pashdari clan is known. Uh, in the academic world. This is Pinter's first publishing. And furthermore... You can swallow your food if you want. No! <laughs> Pinter's actually eating all these while he's describing this stuff to us. And furthermore, the Pastore clan was thought to be dead, but uh, nobody knew that Pinter was still alive. So this is seen as like a great thing. Like someone from the Pashtari clan is still alive and is the last publishing. The lost Pashtari. And in it, he just cites that he was somewhere within the material plane that had been infected by the uh, the far realms, but he does not specify where because he imagines the, the knowledge just want to get out that we're visiting an alternate universe where everyone's yeah. Right. <laughs> Might, yeah. not, might not be received. Brandis domesticates four more flies, but one of them breaks a leg and has to be shot. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're just getting used. You are. I'm sorry, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. I, I would almost just see it as a like very large mallet. Like, cartoonishly shaped. It'll never be a show fly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hugh, Hugh visits fly. Frida, the most biscuit of flies. Uh, qualified that he is aware of to deal with matters of time magic and uh, asks her if she can help him look over this artifact he has acquired and see what it does because he, shooting it at targets has revealed that it occasionally does something weird. Uh, it doesn't hit the target. No, no, which vexes Hugh. Hugh is growing so younger vexed. each time he shoots it. <laughs> He's a little afraid what's going to happen. You roll a 20, he becomes a new Alright, come on, guys. Let's have him actually uh, he did. role play his thing. And then we use our given him fake information. No, um, so he was spending a lot of his, these these two days um, just kind of studying it, better understanding it. Cause, with Frida. Cause, uh, oh, with Frida. Yeah, okay, he wants to get to she is. I mean, he was like, hmm, it seems to be magical. Yes, and rather, I mean, he can do his own experiments, like what he can, like what happens when I shoot it, what happens when I drop it, if I rub it or something. Like, <laughs> there's not a whole lot of investigations that you can do on a magical item. All right, I'll do Hugh first. Pinter next. Oh. Several things are discovered during these two days. At first, when Hugh asks Frida to kind of look at it and, and tell, one thing becomes immediately apparent. He was unable to give the arrow to Frida. Hmm. Anytime he attempts to. Uh, it, it, she is unable to grab it as she uh, as she reaches for it. It becomes back into Hugh's quiver, or hanging from his belt, or you know wherever he might store the bow. Sometimes in the bow where he he had been pulling back with a different arrow, and the Kronos arrow is then you know in his bow. She isn't able to directly touch it. She has to study it from afar, essentially. And Hugh is an insightful enough guy. He knows that Frida fears this. Um, she doesn't let on to this. She, you know how she's a very kind of proud person. Yeah. Um, and, Frida? No. But 
but the impression that he can get that she's she's keeping from him, and he can tell that she's continuing to study it. It's as if she wants to know more about it or wants to be sure before she tells Hugh anything. Is the impression that uh, interesting that he gets? And it's not until the second day, shortly before Ren returns, that Frida finally decides to tell him what it is that she has learned about this. It is not only that this arrow cannot be passed on to another, and as the uh, and as the scripture was written in the temple to Kronos back in uh, the the buried city of Orva, that the arrow can only be passed on to another upon the uh, the current owner's death. But in addition, the owner, uh, the current wielder, the current uh, possessor of the Kronos arrow does not age. Done. <laughs> and is immune age. to the effects, to the normal effects of, you know, of time, so, so to speak. Always up to date with the latest music. Or I'm always dated. (laughs) 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 And knowing Frida's, uh, knowing Frida's history with uh, age-stopping magic, she hates you. You can even sense in her when she when she says this that she's she's unhappy with it. She doesn't like the arrow. She's 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 angry at it even. But she's she's sort of holding it back. I'm sure if Heptos was here, he'd probably agree. <laughs> this is not child's play. <laughs> um, Interesting. And she I says, so, so there you have it. That's everything that there is to know. And then she just leaves, uh, clearly not really wanting to, uh, to deal with it anymore. She says, uh, maybe Stoila would like to look at it more. I don't know. She's good with that sort of stuff. But she's busy. And then she just leaves. Uh, or she's starting to leave. Her. <laughs> so thank you for your help. Thank you. Addendum to well, that. Are you there? Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that Frida wrote a book called The Hazards of Chronomancy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What are the odds that you find that like in your in your like room? She gave him a copy once. Yeah, she gave him a copy. Yeah. You might be needing Hugh, this. Hugh attempted to look. I mean, Hugh it. mentioned it briefly to Brandis, but as various things in his attempts to deal with the how are we going to deal with this responsibility of the crown uh, extending his own life was one of the possibilities that he had been looking into uh, next time Hugh does retire to his quarters he does find a fresh mint condition copy of the, the Hazards of Chronomancy on his uh, on his dresser and and written inside the front cover is simply uh, in Frida's handwriting read this full stop Frida Hugh takes under advisement and gets really bored after a couple of pages. Because <laughs> it's hard to... Yeah. There's a lot of bucket metaphors used. So many buckets. He doesn't get through. Anyway, no, There's a bucket right. chapter. Is it Frida who uses the bucket? Or is that yes, Stoyla? Frida. Okay, yeah. Frida's all... No. Yes, Frida bucket. Stoyla uses other metaphors. Yeah. The universe as a bucket by Frida. Um, my question, though, okay. is... And obviously you can decide this later, but... In the short term, anyway, do you tell anyone? And does Frida tell anyone? Uh, hmm. Hugh's been Frida. Hugh doesn't immediately go around spouting everyone like, "Hey, I don't age now." 
because that'll sort of become apparent as, you know, whatever. Or it's not like, you know, hey, guess what? Like, let me clear also, up. <laughs> also, I am now immortal, and killing me is how you get that power. Yeah. Not usually a rumor you spread. Well, yeah, um, no. <laughs> what, I should, what I should clarify, I should rephrase that question. What I mean to say is, Redis is a huge gossip. Does he hear about it next to the water cooler or at the barbershop? Uh, other than Frida, he hasn't told anyone yet. Frida would never tell anyone. If you remember when you first met her, she would loathe to, I think she was, pretty yeah, sure. she didn't like talking about her stuff. She didn't like talking about her stuff. I'm pretty sure... Um, it's been a very long time. She's extremely sensitive about it. She was extremely sensitive about it. I think she was uh, she was sensitive about revealing everything. that that's what it Pretty was. Pretty much everything. Pretty she sure. treated it like it was a growth. It was like, hey, I just did the <laughs> all, all you hear is Hughes leaning against a wall outside a uh, you know a house of burlesque and says, I love I am Mascar. All the ladies get older and I stay the same <laughs> <age."> <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we'll continue next week. Um. Yeah, that probably. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Hugh also finds know. himself uh, getting better and better at controlling uh, the arrow as he fires it. I mean, he's been practicing with it for two days. He finds <coughs> that um, that oftentimes when he when he fires the arrow, he finds that. Upon even thinking about releasing the string, the arrow is in his target. Yeah, he had seen that effect like roughly one in twenty times or something. He had seen, <laughs> and um, uh, and with more and more practice, he's able to uh, he's able to control this better. And sort of, he realizes that he's he's able to project his will into the arrow and basically almost allow the arrow to know where he intended it to have been. And the arrow finds itself already there. Fascinating. And uh, can he miss with it then? And with uh, and with more and more practice, he finds this getting more and more reliable. Uh, so, in the short term, uh, what's your current, what's the the plus on your weapon currently? It's plus five currently. So it uh, it gives you your, your shooting your your gotcha. firing a plus hey, six. Hey guys, cool. Guys, you know what the um, but the ladies at the burlesque house call Hugh. Hugh Everlasting. <laughs> double, double <meaning>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. The other side of things. <laughs> Kaylin, or uh, did Aurora have anything? Um, didn't Pinter have something? You said oh right, we're doing Pinter next. Something about so. The chart. Pinter has spent the last two days studying. So he's only studying one of the shards. Just the little the piece one he had uh, that was given to me. Right. And maybe the bits of the wind crystal or something, too? I don't know. No, those, are, those, are, uh, those, are those are irrelevant. Very quickly to find that it is now a broken thing and is... Uh, pretty. And it's a pretty little broken bits of an amulet. Which has some pleasant ceiling wind. Yeah, I keep uh, it anyway. The half, uh, the, the original unbroken half, you know, has its, the power, has the, the spirit of... Yeah. That's the spirit, the... Uh, intent. Just the... That was right. The intent uh, of Daleman within it. Allowing to kind of command those healing winds to the fraction of the ability that Damon himself could. Well, but useful nonetheless. And a tornado. And a tornado. <laughs> um, Any combination of the others would have been useful. Pinter? Crazy Damon. Over the course of these two days, 
find something immediately apparent. This thing is. You guys have this on backwards. What? So it's not recording. I say the shards on backwards. Oh yeah, check that out. You technically are the one that put this mic together. No, I put the other one together. You put them both. No, together. I put this one together. <laughs> And now they can hear us better than before. Now are we super loud? <clears throat> Is it better than it was? It was backwards from my story! If the sensitive side <laughs> of the mic... Oh, I didn't turn it. Dude, they could hear you. I turned it way the hell up. Now if the sensitive to... side of the mic shaped like microphone. a butt, you guys were talking to the cock of the mic. Yeah, that's accurate. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're talking okay, shut up! <laughs> Pinter discovers one thing. the shard is backwards, I turn around and go, Oh! 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 <laughs> okay, so it records out the back pretty well as well. It kind of does that heart shape on both sides. Um, yes. This thing is evil. Not, not a little bit evil, and not a lot evil. It doesn't have evil within it. What Pinter is discovering the more and more that he, uh, the, the more and more he studies it, is that this thing is the embodiment of evil. And as, evil knowing that it is a splinter of the shard of pure evil, he realizes where the shard of pure evil must get its name. For if he were to describe what he is sensing inside this thing, pure evil would be a good name for it. You can tell that this is only the slightest bit, only the slightest shard of, um, the sl slightest splinter of the shard. And as such, it doesn't radiate with such evil that the full shard must. However, it is, uh, it is undeniable that prolonged exposure around this is, uh, is only going to have adverse effects, uh, to those people who hold it. You give it to Forsyth. <laughs> what can he do? Interesting, okay, he makes... He he also knows that uh, it will be necessary to study the shards together in order to figure out what their, um, how they relate to each other and um, you know, what, what the significance is. Because as, as you have come this far and collected the shards, what to do with them? What's yeah. the point remains to be answered, as I assume is the question that uh, Pinter is hoping. Pinter requests a meeting with the quorum. He responds. He sent out foresight invitations <laughs> to a tea. One of the flies tries to eat foresight. He eats foresight. He eats foresight. And then we have to wait till he passes through. And then he gives you the invitation. Just mostly just kind of like a little brown puddle. Because yeah. <laughs> it just kind of vomits like acid on foresight oh, as he just sort of like. Foresight, what were you doing? Sucks him up with like. This isn't playtime. Uh, anyway, if you guys gather. Ren, upon getting back, goes to meet with Stoila because nobody's really doing anything for this these yeah. couple days. I mean, they're doing stuff, but Ren goes to meet with Stoila to discuss further plans and specs for his new abode um, and receives the invitation to tea while he is at that. There's an invitation to tea and serious matters. <laughs> so he breaks off his meeting with Stoila. And makes for the meeting. All right. So you meet in a comfortable but safe environment. Pinter like has set out. He's he's not. He set out the appropriate seat for each person. Uh, for Aurora, it is a very uh, 
nice and kind of royal looking, but also hard used chair. Obviously, it's been used a lot. For Ren, it is a floating, basically, uh, uh, you know, kind of a pillow that you sit on. Uh, for Hugh, it's a wall to lean against. <laughs> <laughs> and for Brandis, it's a Where's my stool. chair? Oh, yeah, it's a two-legged stool because Hunter doesn't like Brandis. <laughs> but it is a stool. <laughs> it's a stool with. It's like a one, one shorter stool. I'm good. Yeah, one one shorter than the other. So yeah. <laughs> Pinter has a robotic stool or a, an engineered stool that has its little legs, but he's kind of so worked up that he never sits down. So he's always like pacing, and the chair's like trying to catch up with him, kind of going back and forth. And meanwhile, Forsyth is brewing tea and bringing it to everyone. Is the tea delicious? What kind it's of tea great. is it? Uh, it's kind of a uh, chai tea. Darjeeling. Yeah. This isn't like, not made of like ghosts or something, I, is it? No, it's old family recipe. Which is not made, made of, of ghosts. Family. It's, it's made of tea. It's made of his family. It's okay. made of tea. So, I know, just, you got so, it. Anyway, is, the, is the, the only people that you have summoned here are... Uh, these guys and, uh, and Hasten. And, uh, and Hasten. What does, uh, hmm. what chair is, uh... Freedom. Oh, God, okay. Hasten? Okay, chair made of pure shadow. Uh, he's not a Love seat. Love seat. Whoa, whoa. Guys, guys, up. guys. We all know exactly what kind of chair Hazen got. You forgot to make him one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one is a cheap chair. Oh, Hazen, immediately upon seeing all the chairs, he simply says, I prefer to stand. <laughs> yes! Badass. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He's like Batman. <laughs> that one was forgettable. <laughs> uh, and Pinter says, <laughs> I've been Batman. studying the splinter. Uh, that we retrieved from Galel's heart. Uh, we knew these splinters came from an evil source. Mm-hmm. Perhaps because uh, this one is not incorporated into any other form. It is made of pure evil. It says now, it is That's such not a small statement. an embodiment of evil. That's that not utterly will, surprising based on where it was cut from. It will corrupt those who are close to it. Uh, are you... Gonna kill us now? Yes. Your tea. Enjoy your tea. Uh, I need all of your pieces. You almost like you just give it to Ren. Then I mean, it's like what worse can it do? I mean, really. He says, he "I doesn't wish. say this out loud." Ren shoots a look. He thinks of, about saying this, and they're like, "No, that would be bad." Uh, I would. Like, in front of everyone, <laughs> like to apologize to Ren. Ren, I did not trust you with the shard. I asked you to give it up, and you did so willingly and immediately. And my, I'm assuming your bluff is over my insight. So, so willingly. And uh, when I came into this, uh, when I was summoned by the Heroes of Thunderstrike, I came into a group in the midst of tragedy. Uh, Daleman had fallen, and many of you were, were facing personal conflicts. I must admit that the people I saw did not match the legends of the heroes I had heard of. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, Ren says that's work. true most of the time. Well, that is, Ren says, let's, let's, let's get to the end of this because I don't like where it's going. That is, was a bit flowery. <laughs> that was my own uh, that was my own bias. He says, uh, when I was a, a wandering sage, I, uh, I, I loved the stories of Thunderstrike. I always went to the taverns where they were told and tried to follow every bit of uh, gossip and news. Um, there. So you saw the play? <laughs> yes, all of them. 
And the uh, reimagined one that takes place in another time. Imagine. It's called <laughs> A Strike of Thunder. A Strike of Thunder. Uh, he says, I must admit, many of my reactions lately have not been justified. He says, I had images of, of legends instead of the people who you are. We are all flawed. Um, he says, I know Aurora. that very truly. He says, so I, I apologize for any preconceptions I've had. And Ren, at first I thought you were simply corrupted. Said so one of the first interactions I had with you was uh, loosing the chains that bound you from a deal you made with Mephistopheles. But I've seen your strength, and I believe that my view was ill-conceived, and I apologize, he says. Ren... Nods his head and says, Apology accepted. He, he says, says it like that, because he's not quite sure... If it actually was one. No, it, it seems like a I mean, total, it's, it's a, a real genuine apology. apology, but at the same time, he didn't it's, really know that these things there. were being looked at him like this, and so he's like... I, I'm offended, I and was, now I have to yeah, get over that really I was, fast. I was fine before, and you have just offended me. It's exactly what... I said. didn't know you guys didn't like my vest. Yeah. He I'm sorry you uh, said all those things about your vest. like, well, <laughs> thank you vest. for apologizing to me for the thing I didn't know you were pissed at me for. But he says, um, it is time uh, we talked about what to do with the shards. He says, to be honest, I do not know what our next steps are. I came to help you bring back Damon and then who was here to help uh, finish Damon's quest that he had started. He says, I do not know what our next steps are. What what do we do with these? And we must do it quickly for I... I do not wish to be corrupted. I do not wish this shard to corrupt anyone else. I don't know. We the divination the legend, said something about yeah. The divination said follow the path of blood to the, the heart of evil or something like that. Can I, that I be, don't know. Can that be the blood war? It that was my guess. If you're it, it seems looking reasonable. at it that way, I suppose. But have I mean, you heard anything, Ren, about the front? Things go when Ren. Wait. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I didn't know you were going to ask right then. I wouldn't have stuffed my mouth full of food. <clears throat> I can try to answer for you. Why are you liking the scum? No. <laughs> Come on. Yes, no, they, no. Found the, they found the shard of very close. <laughs> the latest news from the front, as Ren learned when he went to uh, Kenya. So he does. Was it the progress of the Blood War has slowed down? Since uh, since you last spoke to Asmodeus directly, and that Asmodeus has stopped leading the troops at the front, he uh, the people who report to Ren actually do not know where Asmodeus oh, is. Crap. He has left orders with uh, with where the, the devil with the other devil lords that remain in the uh, the front of the Blood War, and they are fighting downwards. But the demons have uh, have mounted a massive defense at one of the lairs and in the first skirmishes there the demons had actually won the battles what? and had pushed back the devils several layers as Rand says as he spits on the ground the devils you know reamassed and was able to push forward a couple layers back but it is uh, it has turned into a little bit of a back and forth the devils claim that they are still 
winning the war and that they are making progress, but it has and become... No doubt the demons uh, claim otherwise. It's become more challenging. In the course of this, they have, uh, they told Ren that forces from Kenya have been uh, officially requested to assist in the front. Um, and that in Ren's absence, for he was gone, uh, the request was granted, and many of uh, Kenya's war forces were sent to join the front. That was, that's the latest news. When it comes to the divination, I thought uh, if you combine the divination with what we've heard from Dark World, it's not so much the blood war itself, but I thought the place they're going... Isn't That's it right. the? Um, it's like the bottom of the abyss. Or bottom something. of the abyss, or something. Like, and there's. I, I, there be a I forget. To an infinite I forget thing. which shards of which red evil things were are which, but there was something down there that we're supposed to use our pieces if of, I, or, or the bad guys use their pieces of, and that summons. It was, or something like that. They kill him, and that explodes everything. Am I remembering the dark world? They right? summon Thers, dude. I don't know it's if it was related. I, to the, I can tell you what the uh, the the story that is told among all of the devils. The story that all of the devils, the devil refugees in the dark world. Now, this was now hundreds of years ago in the dark world. As much time has passed. But last time you were able to speak to devils. The story they told was that the demons had, uh, had created a weapon to fight back in the blood war. And the weapon was uh, caused by killing Therizdun and focusing the, uh, Energy. The way it was used was basically the death of the chained god is what they call him, not Therizdun. The death of the chained god was focused through the shard of pure evil like a lens and turned into a massive, um, uh, basically a massive direct destruction weapon focused directly on a beam. Uh, what do you call it? it um, the nine hells. The planet that is the nine hell. The planet in the uh, astral sea. Bator. No, can't remember what it's called. Anyway, Florida. focused at Florida. focused at the nine hells, completely obliterating it, and uh, not clear if it was an intended side effect, but also happening to basically obliterate uh, everything else in all of the planes of existence. Yeah. Uh, although the nine hells took the worst of it, as it was completely obliterated, which you witnessed this event happen in the planar observatory. Yeah. Um, you saw this this beam. Uh, blow apart the uh, the nine hells and then destroy Bator. the vast majority. Yeah, Bator destroy the vast majority of the world. So that is a story that is told among the devils: is that um, the demons used this weapon. So does that mean so that not mean... not that they summoned Therizdun and th- and the stories never say that Therizdun um, okay. fought for them. Perhaps Therizdun will be appearing, and we must. That's not an idea. Maybe we can talk to Therizdun and get him to fight with us. Yeah. Um, but what is the shard of pure I, evil? Yes, then we'll then to realize that she's being sarcastic and is yes. the shard of pure evil a physical thing somewhere? In, in the our, shard in our... uh, of pure evil, depending on who you ask, ranges from uh, a massive red crystal to uh, a human to a uh, a planet in and of itself to being a nickname of the entire abyss. Uh, it Brandis is, accounts these and says, I have been called all of these things. A shard uh, of pure evil? It has, at least once, Brandis has heard that they think that Brandis is the shard of pure evil. Um, and Brandis so did not what the shard of pure evil here. is, is as much an enigma as, uh, as the bottom okay. of the abyss. So that's what, I, that's what I... Yeah, how many people have actually been to the bottom of the abyss? How no many one people? can actually talk about it. <laughs> so, we should go there. Knowing that... Oh, yeah. Those are great and plans. possessing what we have 
I mean, um, do we get to the bottom of the abyss and prevent Therizdun from being summoned. Go there and break the shards. They can't focus his energy. Well, but then he still dies and basically sets up a bomb in the abyss. I wonder if it was or... not Therizdun being summoned, but simply him appearing at that time. Perhaps he takes advantage of the blood war or comes well, on it, his own it regard. said he died. Like, that was his death is what they used. It killed him. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying perhaps we must Go there to prevent him from coming, or or kill him ourselves? I don't think we should kill him ourselves, since seeing what that can do... Yeah. Um, Yeah. You also know that the ancients who fought Thera's Dune couldn't kill him, him and instead imprisoned him, and wiped his name from all of history, as that is why he is known as the Chained God. He is, of all the gods and immortal beings that are spoken of, Therizdun is perhaps the most feared, the most evil, and the most destructive of them all. And the least known, for the less he is known, the less likely anyone is to try to bring him back. Which is why the threat of the Temple of Elemental Which is impressive then that they were able to kill him somehow. If all the gods combined couldn't kill him. Mangles. Well, regardless. Regardless. The other one the other Manglus. That the other Manglus told us to go find and get. That could maybe do it. I don't know. I don't know the limits of that sort but of thing. have to well, see. Regardless, I don't think we I should kill him. I think we should just continue to keep him from being summoned. Well, listen, because Keeper's just going to tell us, obviously. I well, I'd love to hear what he has to say. more information off. from Keeper. That's true. We went through a lot of trouble to prevent him from being summoned before. Yeah, the current Let's arrangement start has lasted with that, for because we've got a pretty good streak of that time and memorial. Whether we focus the bomb, it'll probably be okay if we just off, keep still the status quo intact. Carnage, and I don't want to be the one to set that off, unless it means that we can just blow up the abyss. Whatever it takes not to make this happen. I mean, really, we're all in agreement on that, yeah, right? That's pretty much the future of the world. Would be great to not have turn into the dark world. And mm-hmm. Brandis says, "Oh." And if we had been everything you had heard and hoped we would be, I wonder if you'd even be able to form a sentence in front of us with your lofty ideals of what the quorum probably was. I've seen Hugh Weaver pick his nose. (laughs) He's just a man! (laughs) There is a reason I appeared as the croaker and not as myself. (laughs) Since I am only a lowly scholar myself. Uh, still a mere wandering sage. Hardly. So, I've never seen anyone do what you can do. Hey. Yeah. So it's all just tricks of my family. <laughs> so it's on the other hand, I am... I've gotten look- away with it, too. I am looking forward to, uh... <laughs> to, uh... To hearing what this keeper says. Uh, and the last thing I wish to discuss. Uh, knowing the corrupting effects of this shard... Do you still wish for me to hold on to it? Or is there another that you think would be safer with it? I don't know if anyone's beyond corruption. But I wouldn't give it to anyone else. You Based have shown... Ren looks outside around of with outside eyes of half open. Beyond corruption. Looking and thinking to, him, half closed. thinking to himself, I don't feel anything from this. I wonder what Ooh. he's talking about. And starts looking at everyone else... Solus isn't evil. Brandis Solus is also. Have, I don't even know if she's really a person. Solus doesn't have a shard either. She isn't. She lives inside it. I don't know how much closer you can get to a shard. 
Pinscher has a crush on Solid, so he doesn't feel comfortable asking him to do that. I. Miranda thinks to himself on this idea of no one is incorruptible and thinks to himself either <laughs> he's totally not corrupted oh, or we're all already corrupted and actually fighting against the good guys and don't know it. Wouldn't that be a great Stop twist? thinking that. What That's if, a terrible thought. What if we pick the wrong side, Aurora? We don't what pick if all sides. this time we're sides born are into ch- the sides we are. That means we... Unlucky. Unlucky. Yeah, I'll have to talk to you about that. Alright, so yeah, he's all the time to think You about. offered once to hold on to the shard. Is he fake thinking? Do you feel yourself incorruptible? The moment you think you are incorruptible is the moment corruption begins to take root. Does Aurora say that? Yes. Corruption point! Darn. Yes, she says that. Hasten says, "That's what I was gonna say." <laughs> he he just he just nods and says, "Nobody is incorruptible." Knowing that my and own sits family in silence and doesn't say a single word. He thinks that they're all full of shit. He's like, "I'm incorruptible." <laughs> knowing uh, knowing the, the faults of my family and the fault that is in my blood, he says perhaps it'll make me more. No, more observant of the shards of Just be mindful. I shall have two minds. That's full of minds. It's really heavy. Explains the size of your head. Well, just put it this way. If you go crazy and insane, we'll do our best to kill you. Yeah, just remember, I'm pretty low... Do you have a passphrase or something that shuts you off? Yeah. Just give me a book. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Or send him a portal to Everyone the Everyone carry realm. an emergency book. <laughs> emergency book. You want, the, you want the emergency things. override for his, his uh, magical armor. He yeah. just turns oh, it off. Kill switch. Like uh, Mr. Freeze. Um, but then if we get corrupted... Then we know, know how to kill Pinter, but I mean, that's... It's a catch you. Yeah, we're pretty take much... Take his armor and then leave him cooler. No. You would, like, be in the bottom. I don't think I'd fit in it, but I'd try. I put on the pants and just break through the feet. Pinter, now we're done with the discussion, hired a musical band uh, to play traditional Kalistari music. So you are oh done with God. the discussion? Done. Is it just ghost howling? So what is, what is uh, Pinter... He's going to hold on to the shard. He's going to hold on to just his shard? Yeah, just mine. Okay. Unless we all want to... Is there any kind of spaghetti or something? I mean... What, I mean, Hugh brings out the arrow and, like, I mean, we've never tried hey. holding them near each other. I don't know. I mean... This seems a little bit fruity, guys. <laughs> Listen. I wouldn't whip them out. I've heard countless stories of you had to go find all the pieces and bring all the pieces together and now it does something. I mean, that's a pretty, like, what common theme in horrible? Legends. And it's the sword out. Come on, touch it. <laughs> Wait, each of our she things... She doesn't take off her crown, Wait. she just sticks her head in. Wait a second. Everyone except yours and yours can't be held by anyone else, can they? Yeah. They're like, yours is like, yours runs away, yeah, it's you a coward can't, arrow. You can't touch one. Can't touch the crown. <laughs> I guess nobody's trying. I, actually, is the Blade of Souls still in Ushehi mode, or is it... No, it was just no, a weapon. It's, it's Blade of Souls. So anyone can take it. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so only them two have like self-protecting things. Uh, do we want to try putting the shards? Together? I don't know. None of the rest of you have tried grabbing them. I don't want to. 
Maybe yeah. that's its defense. There's been no evidence it's for just... anything except for the uh, the Kronos arrow being. Yeah. Um, I thought being the crown was. The crown was yeah. like, don't what? touch me. Oh yeah. yeah, the crown was that way too. I mean, now uh, that's on my head, maybe. Do we want to try putting together the shards? Um. Well, it can't of... be any sillier than the time we attempted to summon you. Silliness is not. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching that. It was pretty great. Um, Ren stays silent, watching you guys discuss this. And can, has a very I... serious look on his face, waiting to see what the outcome of this discussion is going to be. Let's all pass our shards to the right. Everybody pass to the right. Um. <clears throat> listen, I, I, it's not silliness that concerns me about doing this. It's more that. We don't really know what'll happen if we do that. It could open up a portal to an alternate dimension, blah blah. Do you have any ideas? I'm just saying. Pinter knows that there's plenty to I'm study about we how. Shouldn't necessarily discount the whole concept of testing this, but maybe we should have a better idea of what's well, going to happen do when we some do study. first. As Pinter already discovered, as I did mention, Pinter knows that there is plenty to uh, discover about how these shards interact with each other. They are part of a greater single thing and as such yes there's absolutely um there's absolutely some um right perhaps the best thing would not be to some power at least some power to be discovered randomly whip them out but maybe over the next few days sorry that sounds much better in the uh college star touch uh maybe in the next sacred right (laughs) whipping them out (laughs) in the next few days uh we can uh, come together in my lab and uh, run some tests. He says, "Will you answer my call if I if I ask for your presence in the next few days?" Certainly. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Only Wait, well, this he goes. Is Aurora the one that hesitates the most? Yes. Uh, Ren is. He well, Ren, Ren is seriously hesitating. Over hesitating. There. Ren hasn't even. We hesitated. both hesitate. Ren does not. For a while. Ren doesn't even want to test this out. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to try to combine with you guys. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to do any of it. I'm not talking about combine. I'm just like touch him. Ren doesn't want to do it. They combine. He doesn't want to do it automatically. Does he say that, or is he just not saying anything? He's just. He's waiting to see. He'd rather not. He's, 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 about it, he's yeah. choosing his battle, and if he doesn't have to fight this yeah. one, then he'll let someone else do it. If Aurora's going to be like, no, I don't think we should do it, then Ren is just fine. Well, well, She's right! Once Pinter hears <laughs> these three say agree, uh, he assumes that everyone agrees, and he goes, musicians! And, uh, and they begin playing. Ren will cross that bridge when we get there. Traditional Kalistar music is kind of Middle Eastern... Smooth jazz. Oh, actually, okay. <laughs> That's no, why no. we don't trust you. No, p- picture, oh, you know, uh, kind of traditional... Wow. <laughs> yes! <laughs> traditional... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an to knock. Very teaches them a little dance. <laughs> Like is there's there's enough instruments and there's some chorus in here. Yes, there's ghost chorus. There's several people singing in the room. (laughs) It's awkward. Someone's setting off a camera. Looking back, like, we guys having a good time! (laughs) (laughs) Listen to this bridge, listen to this bridge! Yeah! Okay, shut up, everybody! Listen to this part! <laughs> Come on, you guys just start dancing! Okay, Come on. we're good. This is dance music! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> All right, so uh, Pinder just has this traditional. Uh, Pashtari uh, cultural music <laughs> as you finish your tea. Wow, uh, thank you for sharing your culture. <laughs> there's still uh, so something for them to do. There's still eight days towards the meeting with right. Keeper. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll follow up with Oh god, only two days have passed? <laughs> oh. Oh. This is gonna be a whole oh, week. week. <laughs> uh, over the next few days, passing time. Uh, Pinter's gonna gonna call for uh, the quorum to come into a lab that he set up and um, bring out different combinations of the red shards in a safe environment. Uh, this sounds like a therapist's office. <laughs> and, uh, and just see if he can study uh, if there's effects of two of the red shards or multiple ones. Does anyone... Choose not to answer his. Uh, Is he his calling them one at a time, or uh, at first he does like a couple combinations. So okay, who's your first? Okay, let's do uh, these two. You know what? It's gonna get. Yes, we both show up. Yeah, we cooperate. It's kind of yeah, yeah, we do it. He, he just... We touch our crystals together. <laughs> all right, come on. So yeah, Brandis and Hugh show up. Yeah, yeah. He's got his lab. All this. It's not like a clean environment. It's a crowded lab with all like bottles and things hanging from the walls, nice books one. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Foresight's always trying to straighten up, and then Pinder just makes a mess again. Um, but he has each of them hold out their the the sword and the arrow. Okay, so while you're beginning to do this. Is Aurora and or Ren doing anything? Uh, no, they're this free time? to attend too. Um, well, he's only you've only sent the summon to those two guys, right? He, let, he basically let, said, "I'm going to experiment on these two. This has been going on. If you want to yeah. observe, feel free to come by. If not, whatever." Yeah, it's an open invitation. All right. So what do Aurora and Ren do? Shadow class. It's free. No units. Aurora is notably absent for a lot of events in the next two two days. Uh, she's you when you do see her, she seems. Troubled, which is not an unusual state for her to be in, but in particular, she's not talking to anyone about it, which is. I don't know. It was kind of reminiscent of the time she went off to Olgarth and killed a huge number of people. Yeah, Good times. That big pile of corpses she stood atop. Yeah. <laughs> With her gleaming blood soaked. Well, dark. that was during a war. Let's put it in context. I know, but still, yeah. it's sort of a <laughs> Enemies. Enemy. During and, a fabricated war by the And government. neither Hugh nor Brandis. <laughs> Nor Pinter. Cover up. Really get much insight into what's going on, at least as far as a verbal explanation. Uh, however, Ren, while in his Renish quarters, when he actually shows up, you know, and, and is in Skyclave, uh, he gets a knock at the door. And he <laughs> yells. Don't come in. Don't come in. He's sitting at his desk. And he's sitting at his desk, you know, kind of looking. Stoila is there. In it Ren's is, uh, room? Am I in no. They are uh, going over. Uh, she is there with the with the plans, the latest sort of adjustments oh, to. We are. <laughs> Excuse me? The clothes are slightly in disarray. <laughs> that is not true. Come on, let's keep going. Has to switch gears that thing. meant nothing. They yeah, were um, going over some plans, and the two of them have been sitting there just kind of frustrated because there are some engineering quirks about Ren's room that he wants to fix and have figured out, but they can't exactly 
figure no, out put it there. That's the right. most efficient way to do it, and they're having to, they're, they're just kind of spitballing and brainstorming right and now. As, and as Aurora comes All in, she the... hears she hears Stoila say, look, you're very ambitious about what is possible here, and I admire you for that. I, I really do. Said. I. <laughs> Ren says, yeah. look, I don't see the problem. No. Look, if we right. redirect, no, if we redirect the residium here, and harness the output here, we should be able to accomplish it. That could be very unstable. Ren says, I don't see the problem. This whole shit is unstable. Come in! Jeez! <laughs> She's just knocking at the doorway. She opened the door a while ago. <laughs> I was just like, Ren says, I know you're there. Just hold on a second. And then Stoyla just kind of stands stunned and then she bows down and yeah. says, and says, I, I'm, I'm sorry, your majesty. Oh, Ren thinks this is really weird. Come on. It's one of the first times... St- one of the very few times uh, Stoila has seen Aurora since she has become queen of all of the Shining Lands. Last time she was impersonating as a god, so it would have been inappropriate. To it would have been inappropriate to, yeah. So Ren says, Aurora, just a second. Stoila, just do a mock-up real she quick. She says, okay, okay, I'll, I'll work on it. I mean, I'll come help you. She says, I got it, I got it. Don't worry, I can do it. I am Stoila Coilbone. And she grabs her stuff and curls it up. Uh, like stuffs it into her pack and then walks out and gives her a high five. She returns the high five enthusiastically. Yes. It's nice to see humans and devils working together, at least in one case. Um. Do you say that? No, she thinks it. <laughs> Although you might catch a glimmer of the thought. Um, let me just say that this is just it. It shows how much Ren cares for Stoila. That he doesn't obliterate her on sight. Yeah, I mean he still kind of <laughs> wants to, just because it's in his blood. But he likes her so much that he is willing to not only keep it at bay, but completely hide it and still carry on their friendship. And I think it probably speaks something to Stoila as well that she doesn't try to tear Ren's face off. Most you of guys the say Ren is evil. <laughs> Come on, look at that. He likes my favorite character. I got a He's clearly <clears throat> awesome. Anyway, so <laughs> Oh god, Stoila's evil. <laughs> oh no. She is uh... We should not get on the new ship. <laughs> It's made of the shard of uh, Murder ship. Just a giant Stoyla. red crystal she brings out. Like, what is this? <laughs> I found the rest of the shard of pure evil. <laughs> Okay, so she leaves, and Ren, the ship? and Ren looks to Aurora and says, uh, sorry, sorry about that, we're just, we're having a little bit of a difference of opinion as to how we could make some things work, some but I think we came to a, I think we came to a good consensus. Differing opinions can often be the greatest cause of, of new, new enlightened understandings. That's where neutral came from. That is... Right. Most insightful of you. Well, you don't get to be a diplomat like me for nothing. Anyway, you have to be born into it. What can I do for you? What? What is this pleasant surprise for? Oh, her. Her smile drops as she suddenly remembers why she's here. You want to talk? She says, as she looks, she looks around, notices the door still ajar. She closes it. Creak, clack. And at that, Ren says, uh. Huh. And turns around and goes back and sits at his desk and motions for Aurora to sit down as well. She looks uncomfortable. Uh, She has a document in her hands that she's fiddling with. And she just 
do you have, I don't know, a day or, a day or two free? Uh, I have a project I need to work on. I can probably make time. What kind of a project are we talking about? It's complicated. Let's let's go. Is the day or two going to be the explanation of the project? <laughs> um, no, that's getting there, doing it, coming back. So, uh-huh. Ren is intrigued now, and <laughs> but he you says, can't, "You can't tell him." And he says, "Oh, secrecy. Mm. Continue a delicacy. Well, continue as as we go. So let's leave now. Where are we going? Now's good." Um, she how, how she she looks at her documents and uh, says, "I think it's it's a zibazar. How do I pronounce it?" Aurora doesn't know. Who's she asking? She's showing it She's to She's looking Ryan. at her documents. Saying it out loud. I don't know the name of it. This is Kaylin asking you to tell me the name of it again. So have Aurora show Ren. Aurora... Aurora shows him the document. Really quickly, what's that called? It's Zabazzi. Zabazzi. Oh. I was pronouncing says, it all Ren's, wrong. And Ren says, wrong the name sounds kind of familiar. Like, I feel like I've maybe read about it somewhere? I don't know. It's in southern Estegundish area. Okay. But it'll take us a while to get there, so we should probably leave now and not tell anyone. Uh, Actually, no, wait, hold on. If anyone asks you, tell them you're going to the committee to redefine the borders of the United Nation of the Shining Lands. Shining Lands. And that we're devi- designing a flag. Are we going together, or am I to go separate from you? Um, are, are people separate. to know that we are traveling separate, together? Definitely separate. That would that would be probably a good thing. Ren, I'm not good at lying. Ren turns to... How would you do it? Ren turns to his portal and <clears throat> says, We don't have to leave through the door. We've got other ways. Portals are... Well, sneaky. Okay. Portals are good. I'm just a little concerned about the end gate being trackable. I mean, really, this cannot come back. Okay. Uh, shall we meet in this place? Zabazar. In Zabazar? Yeah. Uh, Here. In how long? She, she points at the map. Ren says, I can do that. As uh, soon what as time? possible. As soon as possible? Yeah, can we do that? Ren says, I'll meet you there, and walks through his portal. Oh, man. All right. Aurora goes to, uh, down the hall, and if, if she sees any of you, she completely avoids making eye contact, as if she's really absorbed in whatever it is she's reading, and it's, like, really, really obvious that she's just trying to avoid talking to you, and she, you see her, like, zip to the, uh, takeoff area where all the mounts are. For her Rex, this is always with her, but it's a good jumping off point, so she goes there. And she flies. And you, I guess you have to wait, like, a couple hours, because it's pretty far away from Skyblade. Yeah, Red doesn't <laughs> actually go straight to uh, Zabazar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great name. Bezabar? I don't think that's what it was called at all, but we'll stick with Zabazar. at least have something to look at. Z-A-B-B. Zab. A. Uh, S, like in Sarah. Z, like in xylophone. That's an X. I. Oh, Zabazi. 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Or Zabaxi? Yeah, it's Zabaxi. That wasn't even close. Zabaxi. I'm um, going to call it Zaba. Ren, <laughs> Ren, knowing how fast uh, Aurora can travel and knowing how far it is, does the math and goes and hits a couple of the... Uh, one thing that he's been doing while you guys have been doing other stuff. Uh, you remember those reports that were received that demon refugees were showing up in camps around uh, the countryside. Ren has actually been sending forces of his own to go deal with those uh, encampments. And with the calling of Kenya to enter into the Blood War, um, many of those troops have been called back. And so Ren, um, on occasion to make himself feel better, just goes and takes out an entire camp by himself. So uh, he stops by... Mostly the women and children, and he doesn't care. They're, de- they're demons. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's like the easy ones. He's like, these are easy. I'm not going to commit forces to this. I'll just go handle it. Yeah. So he uh, he pops into Kenya, goes and looks to see where a couple of them might be, pops over, takes care of one or two of them, um, comes back, cleans himself up, calms himself down. It's a pretty, it's, in a, it's a rush when you go do it. And when he's back in his right mind, instead of just being blood crazed... He does all this in a couple hours, mind you. Yeah. It's impressive. He uh, then He's goes back through Later, his... when Ren tells the tale, it's very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> Ren goes, killing women and children it takes a lot out of you. Uh, Sustained genocide is one of the most difficult things. Yeah. <laughs> Other than soccer. Uh, he, uh, he then dons his... his... Diplomatic Here. clothing and also throw. Well, he doesn't even have to. Dip- he really hits the same thing. So then he goes through his portal to uh, Zabasi, and, and Aurora shows up a little while later. Waits for a little bit for Aurora. Tiger. Yeah. And when she sees you, she's like, her eyes get really wide. She's like, "What are you wearing?" And he looks and says <laughs> the same thing I wear all the time. Your diplomatic clothing. No, I mean, I, I said that, but it's not. It's the same stuff he wears all the time. He has, like, a robe that is his catch-all. He's not like Daewoman and goes and blows all of the quorum's okay. gold on stupid jackets. Yeah. He, <laughs> he wears... No, he he just has one robe that looks... He just kills it's a, it's a simple yet elegant robe that covers all yeah. bases. One of the benefits of fastidious um, rituals... Clothes last forever because you're not like going through yeah. like, rough stuff with actually washing them. And plus, right. you know, a minor enchantment on the thing, and now it's like magical and is almost impossible to break. Exactly. The coordinates that Aurora has given you uh, put you at a few few yards from the from the rear of a of a really nice looking estate. It's castle esque, but you know, in a more understated sort of way, not quite the opulent riches that Aurora is used to hanging out in, but certainly certainly notable. Definitely noble in nature. And she says, Okay, um, I have to go talk to someone. You're here as backup. You're not here to talk to anyone. Or do anything, actually. I just need you here. Ren gives her kind of a confused look and says, Why, of all people, when it comes to a diplomatic discussion, based on past experience... Why do you need me here for backup? Why not Hugh? Or even Brandis? There will be reasons which will we become clear our... once we start this. Ren 
kind of raises one eyebrow and says, and his curiosity is sparked now, and he says, I will do my best. Good. And then... And then we <laughs> sneak into the castle. We sneak, we in? sneak in? Yep. Is we it nighttime sneak. or is it daytime? It's nighttime. Is it like the dead of night? No, it's evening time, like when most people are turning in. When you say castle, is this like a castle town, or is this like a citadel out in the middle of nowhere? Castle town. Castle town. Ren suggests then that they don disguises, if that's the route we're taking. Don't you have a thing you can do? I can, and he makes us... How useful! How good of me to have you along! Ren, uh, then... Flicks his. Yeah, we, we look. It's not even sneaky. We just look like oh. one of the. We look like a. Uh, Servants. Yeah. Servants. Good. Yes, this will work. Yeah, Aurora he actually says, consults Aurora because he, he doesn't like even really know what they're doing here. And he says, What do you want us to look like? The bar wet, the bar <laughs> type. Ren is a wench? Yes, Ren is a wench. <laughs> or is also a different wench. Ren's a different, separate wench. wench. A pair of comely wenches you are. Indeed, they will, they will get uh, in front of any of Keep it moving. Yes. Okay. Let's not lose the mood here. Let's talk more about what's going Keep going. Uh, it doesn't take long. Aurora seems to know exactly where she's going. And she arrives at a door. She says, Alright, we're going to bust down this door. Throughout the course of getting to this place, it took a fair amount of ingenuity on uh, Ren's part, for this place is actually pretty highly guarded once you've gotten towards the inside. Uh, getting past the uh, outer doors to the chambers of wherever you're, uh, wherever you're headed were, um, were some elite guards of this city that were uh, stationed at the door. How, uh, how do you get past these guards? Badging our eyelashes, naturally. Ren uses his ridiculously high bluff and diplomacy to flirt with these guys, being, seeing as how he's a wench. Uh, he's seen, I mean, he's, he's been in the brothels with Hugh, and he knows what gets the fellas... Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> That's presumptuous. He's been in the common room of the brothels when Hugh has been there as well. <laughs> On accident. That's, yeah, that was not... We didn't go brothel hopping. No. <laughs> Though he would be honored to go brothel hopping with any of you. <laughs> that uh, means he secretly wishes anyone so, would invite me. Wish anyone would invite me. They always leave me in my room for that. And Aurora um, always looks at him weird when he asks. So... Boyfriend Chris is into some weird shit, man. He, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he, uh... It scares me. He... <laughs> <laughs> he... So, Ren, uh... Ren talks the talk. Uh... And when Ren actually begins... looks. Ren actually looks at her at Aurora and says, "Leave this part to me." Gladly. It's actually easier. It's you. actually easier than Ren expected uh, to get through, as he says, "Oh, you know, we're we're here to, uh, you know, we're here to to go inside." As he bats his eyes and such, they let him in, uh, and he gets the feeling that uh, that you must not be the first um, comely wenches, comely wenches to. Come on through here. As soon as we are out of earshot, two this time. <laughs> as soon as we're out of earshot of the guards and anyone else, Ren looks to Aurora and says, "Apparently, your idea for a disguise was a, an ingenious one. Not accidental. There was research involved. 
Ren is even more. I mean, Ren still doesn't even really know what's going on and why we're here. He's just kind of he's blindly following. And he's he's even more intrigued by that as he continues to walk the corridors. Um, we reach the door, and Aurora looks at Ren and she says, "All right, you seriously, seriously can't tell anyone." What happens after this point? Ren just kind of smirks and said, <laughs> Oh, Aurora, <laughs> if there were anyone that can keep a secret like this, it's me. She insight checks him. He's dead serious. <laughs> All right. You think this is the first time he's pulled something like this? We'll see. <clears throat> Aurora opens the door. Inside. Ren, Ren actually, Ren's actually kind of digging this because usually Aurora just chides him for doing this kind of stuff, um, and the fact that she's the one sneaking and asking him to sneak with her—it's we are bonding in a it's, very it's kind, kind of way right It's funny to him that it's like Ren just suddenly goes like, "You know, you look really good in that dress, Aurora." Okay. It's like someone inside the room. You see a large man, completely naked, with a towel draped over his waist as he is sitting in a large, lush couch. He is, uh, he's, you know, he's a, a very fat man as he takes his, uh, cool he's got a whole couch. bottle of wine as he pours it into his mouth and it dribbles over his chin. And he says, oh, yes, go, go! And you see, uh, there must be eight, ten, <coughs> twelve women uh, in here, some partially dressed, most naked. Two of them are chasing each other around as he <laughs>, laughs and watches them. And one of them tackles the other and starts grabbing at all parts of her. And he says, yes, yes! And then he starts, like, waving his uh, bottle of wine as just splashes over them. Do we still look like wenches? Yes, yeah. and when you uh, come into the door, he says, he says, oh, yes! Come in, come in! Uh, the man has a... <laughs> <laughs> My revenge! <laughs> the man has a big. The man has a big, just a big, um, red beard, like big, huge beard, like a, a oh, great big kind of a, a great big bushy red beard and just red hair. Just. Just for the Ren looks over to Aurora and like he's like gives her the look of like what the fuck? Aurora and Ren get back to High Mask I, and I wasn't like, exactly expecting Ren, this. Me back. But, and then the right. woman who she thought was Ren just is like, what were you what? talking about? Oh god, I left Ren! Um No, Aurora Where's Ren? And then uh when Aurora he sees all you the other girls stunned, are Stunned a little, he just slaps the ass of one of the naked women standing by his couch and says, Go on, go on! Greet our guests! Okay. And she comes uh, running over yeah, to okay. you. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other girls need to leave right now. They've all been called for some important surprise party for you. They really need to all leave right the now. The girl running towards Aurora just ignores her and then hugs her and starts kissing her okay. and says, Oh, come join right, the party! But, no, this, that, uh. <laughs> she... Does a spin and then like sticks her leg out, and the girl like tumbles over her <laughs> leg out the door. It's like, keep going. Is there 
very important meeting. She was- smashes her face hard, and you see she just kind of looks afraid, like she's covering up where she may have been bruised, and like scurries out quickly as if she's terrified. Just yelled at Ren looks at the rest of the at the rest get, of the girls and says, "You heard her. You've been called for a meeting." Do they do anything? Smack another one. Intimidate him a little. No, I'm not going to do that. Not you specifically not told them to do nothing. Yeah, okay. moments uh, ago. The, gr- the girls in head. here just uh, seem to be ignoring your commands. As uh, as soon as you say this, they look to him, and he is just laughing and drinking more wine, and uh, and they just keep continuing on with their uh, activities. All right, Ren. I hereby give you permission to scare the shit out of these girls and get them out of here, but Joy. don't reveal who you are. There's also a band playing. <laughs> and, and the band. I mean, it's one guy. There's and a, the band. There's a a fiddler. Is one he man nude? Man. One man man. He's not nude. He's just <laughs> he's just a fiddler. Thank you, one man man. Ren, uh, <clears throat> Ren, as the as the as the band is playing, suddenly you hear everything stop <laughs> and go silent. As uh, all of, as the, the 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 faces of the um, of all of the women and the band players turn from being happy and excited to just looks of terror. As they can all hear in their heads. The, uh, the sound of the attack alarm being sounded that this, the castle is under siege and they all make for the, re- the well you tell what you do and then okay that well that's what a Ren's attempting to do is to make them all hear this sound uh, seems like many of these women are really dumb uh, and it is very easy uh, when this happens and they just start screaming and run out only one of them has the foresight to grab her clothing uh, before running out of this room foresight and as they <laughs> and as they run out, oh, no. and uh, so does the uh, fiddler. <laughs> the mood changes dramatically. Uh, we'll no, with the drummer still I'll, there. I'll find it in the song. He's there. Yeah. And as they all run out, Ren looks back at Aurora, and kind of raises an eyebrow again. In she kind of a gesture she sighs of, okay, with relief, and she's like. Thanks, I, I haven't really done this before. It's wrench and a Alright. We walk in. Uh, and he just, he, now the man has stood up as his towel drops to the ground. Oh and he says... It's now the grossest session <laughs> ever. He throws... <laughs> <laughs> the an world. <laughs> he throws his hands up and he says, What's the meaning of this? Who are you? Lock the door. <laughs> The door shuts quietly behind, and you hear it click. He stumbles back for a second and, like, trips over the couch, sitting back down again. He says, what? No! No, no, no! I... I I have power! I have money! You have many things in that department, but I'm not interested in Name your price! Name your price! Jonas Nazir. He says... What? What is it that you want? You are the future fiancé of one cell. He says, yes, yes. And then he looks around, like, and looks at all the clothing uh, scattered around on the ground. He goes, well, yeah, it's just, we're not. Hmm. And he's just completely stumbling over his words. And as Ren looks, he doesn't say anything, and he's just standing there still behind Aurora but he just sits there and, and, and you see like a smile take his face as he's realizing what's going on here and 
Aurora. He's proud of Aurora. Aurora drops the disguise pretty quickly. Uh, no longer interested in. Ren keep the disguise. Ren can keep the disguise if he wants. No, as soon as as soon as Aurora drops it, Ren is right there with She's all. She's rolling up her sleeves. Hell, fire, and brimstone. With him. With him. Ah, good, good. Did you, I'm sorry. Did you say that you dropped the disguise? Yes. Okay, I missed that. Okay. She. In in the space of, eyes in the space are... of a few seconds, as his eyes are widening, as his pupils are dilating in fear, uh, or strides several several feet quickly, uh, closing the distance between them, and her hammer comes out and she just whacks him so that he falls down, and she says, "Put on some pants." <laughs> he stands up quickly and he says, "Yes." Your Majesty, and like he's like looking around, and it takes him a little bit to find it, as you know he. And then he. And it's hard to dress quickly. He grabs some. uh, He grabs some like, you know, their nice silk pants that uh, you know he's royalty, and uh, and he just pulls them up and tightens the uh, tightens the the waist cinch. I'm afraid your reputation. And then he just stands there and he bows straight down. I'm afraid. Your reputation precedes you, and it does not do you any favors. You he says, he says, look, uh, a man, uh, 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 a man's got needs. You're I, many we're things, not married. but a man is not one of them. Oh. Oh. And I will not have a man such as you anywhere near my daughter. With this, he stands up. <coughs> As uh, he bit, he stops st- stammering a little bit, and he says, "But he says it's it's sealed in contract." Ren's hands Easy. begin to glow <laughs> even more white as he stands there, kind of by the door. Uh, still doesn't say a word, doesn't move, <clears throat> but you can see where he was once standing with his arms crossed, looking. He drops into his side, palms facing out, and they are just glowing white with two fireballs in his hand, and he just stands there. He says, he says, you signed the documents. I, I've seen them myself. He says, I, I am, I am the prince. You're right. And he like seems to be getting this sort of confidence. The marriage is indeed sealed. There's nothing I can do to stop that legally. However, I have no intention of letting you go anywhere near her ever. Mm-hmm. He says, he "says you, you, you can't do that. They say that they say that you are a just queen. Uh, you would not, you would not go against against the tenets of those you serve. The tenets of those I serve." He says, "I, I have done done nothing wrong." The room darkens a little, Be... as though the light is being drawn from the flickering flames of the torches, and she looks. Dangerous, all of a sudden, and she pulls the gauntlet off of her arm, and you see a, a strange sort of sigil of glass, almost inlaid in her flesh. It's a, it's like a almost like a medallion, and you see a kind of like a, a inlay of dragons, uh, you know, chasing uh, like like tendrils of um, like knotted cord. And she holds it up and she says, Do you know what this is? <clears throat> he just 
shakes his head silently. The the dark setting among the room and the this magic that Aurora is and the light summoning glinting has. off of it is almost otherworldly. It's like there's it's glinting, but there's no light causing that glimmer. It seems to have stolen the confidence that he uh, he managed to summon just a moment before. This is something that all Justicars, Justiciers, receive at the moment of their ritual uh, that makes them such. It is a mark of justice. It is the thing that compels us to do what must be done. And one of those things, Jonas, is to protect the weak from those who would impart upon them injustice and in your case, unfortunately, lesser, more basal instincts. And it also affords me a certain ability to... I will pause. These are the noises Jonas is making. Furious! If Aurora was a droid, she would turn into a mama bear. Mama bear. Okay. Hardcore. It also enforces my right to make sure that you do follow through with what I say and that you suffer if you resist. He says, I, look, look, I, 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 have, I have no intention of, of, of treating your daughter with anything but respect. Intentions are all well and good, but I need a guarantee. I need a vow. And you see I'm that he's to starting to like, find it difficult to even stand up as clearly good. the wine is in his head. Good. You can do this willingly or unwillingly. If you do it willingly, I'll let you choose the location. If not, I choose where the mark goes. And let me tell you that the more conditions I put on this, the more painful it will be. And it is extreme. He shakes his head and takes a couple steps back, stammering, or, or um, stumbling as he does so. And says, no, no, look, it's not necessary. First, it's not necessary. I Look, I won't even touch her. First, you he says, I won't touch not. another woman ever again. You won't touch Seldy again. Or ever. Sure, okay. Second. Say it. You won't go anywhere near her. That's within, I'm going to say, 200 feet. They have to actually get married, though. That will be fine. In proxy. Uh, like, send us I don't know. I don't know. We'll send us <laughs> we'll That's actually brilliant. Okay. Good one. She also rattles off a great deal. He says, of "Look, things. I'll never be in the same city as her." I, look, I, I, and he kind of looks around. He says, "I don't need another woman." So you're willingly. Yeah. He uh, like tries to use the scene before her yeah. as evidence yeah, that, that, he that's not girl, that he's a good guy. Ooh, that doesn't work for her. I want to never touch another woman. Yeah. No. Well, no. She's, she's not doing that, but she she does say that the na- the. Blatant nature at which you do your business will stop. Oh, only in secret. Nobody will ever know. You better hope they don't. Because if they do, the pain that you will experience will be beyond your imagination. And with this, he falls over as if he had just experienced the pain. It's like a wow, fear. he's very suggestible. He jumps back and just falls over and, and just goes, oh, exaggerating. The uh, uh, like as if he hurt I've, his shoulder. Ren 
Ren looks at him and says, Good God, man, just get a hold of yourself and stand up. You he, call yourself a prince? He tries. He won't be he, able to he stand up. Uh, he stands up. And he's now beside the, the couch. Should you violate any of these vows? Pain beyond imagining. Suffering. Blindness. Paralysis. He says, he just starts shaking his head. He says, no, 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 no need for threats. I get it, I get it. He says, you've got my word. And then he like sort of bows and then as if he's trying to figure out what the right thing to do is. And so, then he shakes his head as if he's got a headache. And he puts out his, uh, his hand, which is still just kind of dripping with wine as he, from when he fell on the floor. And he just puts it forward towards Aurora and says, and says you've got a deal. She looks at his hand for a moment, looks back at him. He says, come on, come on, no need for any... And then he just looks at the glowing bit she, on her arm. In a really, really quick, rapid motion, she grabs his forearm. That he's, he's kind of offered his hand. She grabs it as if, you know, one of those kind of handshakes. But as she does so, the blinding light energy that goes from her sigil bursts through her skin and assaults him completely. She doesn't let go of him. He starts and screaming, painful. and he draw his his knees give out as he uh, as he as he falls as he's screaming. Ren holds up his hand and tightens them around his throat so that he can't make any noise. That works. <laughs> That's about. And he's just his mouth is wide open and his eyes are getting <laughs> just more bug eyed as he's trying to scream. And she says, "And one guns. last condition: you will never be able." to speak or otherwise communicate what has happened this evening. He just goes... <laughs> just nods his head. And it, it takes a good 10-15 seconds to actually do this. And when she releases, the smoke just kind of pours off of the actual newly inlaid um, sigil, which is it's also dripping blood. There's, there's some serious injury there that is occurring to the flesh, but also the spirit. And she looks down at him, and her face is just cold. She has, she doesn't look sad, or, or she doesn't pity this guy. She doesn't look angry. She's just stone cold. And she flings him back, and he's just completely passed out from the pain. This is not a guy who could tolerate this kind of pain. He's like, yeah. clearly a soft person. And, and, and she, from uh, not being able to breathe. And when she, and that when, too. And when Aurora and lets he's not, go... But he's not dead. When no. Aurora lets go, <laughs> Ren loosens his arcane grip. His she, body falls to the ground in a loud thud She, to she the grabs her gauntlet, and puts it back on, and she turns to Ren and she says, Next time you want to do something to someone, tell me first. I may have had a plan, Ren. It might have been that I could just take care of myself. I could have dealt with this on my own, but you didn't give me the chance. Next time, I hope you'll consider that before you do something on your own. Ren, in that moment, this went from being awesome to kind of like, okay. And he feels a little bit bad for not consulting her, but at the same time... This is the first time he's ever seen Aurora go balls to the wall. And 
He doesn't know if before this he would have really believed her. But now that he's seen what she can do, he not can do, but um, is willing to do. Uh, he he uh, he just nods. And she says, let's get out of here. And I assume they do. In stealthy fashion. As they leave, uh, as they move down the corridors, uh, and they look like wenches again. Uh, Only and wenches. out into the night, uh, not, Ren doesn't say a word to Aurora and, um, how do you get back to the city? Do you mount up and ride back again? Yeah. She rides. Uh, when they part ways, Ren just kind of looks at her and gives her a look and a nod and, um, before she rides off, he turns and starts to walk, and you see him just disappear into the night as he goes back to Kenya. Aurora returns to Skyclave, looking completely exhausted. Of course, I don't think anyone really sees, because it's pretty late at night, and she kind of skulks through the, through the hallways of Skyclave's upper, more royal accoutrement. And just spends the rest of the night in very deep prayer. Red's so proud of her. Or not proud. She just did what she had to do. Ren loved every single moment of that until she chastised him. Chastised him. She pretended like it didn't happen. Until she made it about Red again. <laughs> Listen, it's still Aurora. It's still Aurora. You think you were Red? And, uh,. Aurora, we're such best friends now. Oh, wait. He thought that that was awesome. Now he's not sure if she wanted him there to, like, really be backup, or as, like, a look, mother effer, I could have handled this myself, and now you're... It did seem like she handily took care of him. But if she was all about it, you've got leverage. It's true. (laughs) And Ren was all flattered at first as they're walking through the halls and she's doing this. He, he was like, yeah. She's like doing dark stuff and, and she came to me for this and this is this is awesome. And then when she said that, he was like, like... Evil, evil, make her evil. <laughs> and then she said that to him and he was like, I have been fooled mightily. It did not matter one lick if it was me or Brandis or Hugh or anyone for that matter. She just wanted to make a point to me that she can handle her own business. And while he still thinks it was awesome, he thinks it's a little bit less awesome now. But he still thinks it was awesome. She didn't invite Brandis because he would have joined it. Not on the torture. <laughs> the orgy. Phase one of the... Oh, the ladies! <laughs> I mean, oh! But Brandis, you disguised as a wedge. I don't care. <laughs> Aurora can now feel the weight of the uh, of the mark she has placed upon him, the uh, the mark of the Justiciar. As uh, as she knows that she will always feel this every day, just just in the back, as she can feel the connections to all those she has marked, which Aurora does not uh, has not used. Um, it's, a, say, it's a small list. How, I was going to say, how many does it? I think it's two. What's your number? 
There's a guy um, with a coffee shop. That's a very shop. personal question. <laughs> Two that we've had on camera. Um, she'll always make this with extra foam. But she knows that. Uh, she knows that if he breaks his, uh, if he breaks the vow, so to speak, uh, or if the uh, if the mark is somehow removed via magic, she will know. Will it oh, feel yeah. good? No. If he dies? No. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, then it's no, I'll tell you what, the paladins <laughs> didn't think that one through then. Some paladins of different faiths do it differently. Will it feel bad if he dies? Uh, she'll know if she if he dies. Oh, I'll feel bad. So it's she, more like a little light flicking off. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not it's good nice. or bad. How she it's personally like feels candy. about Not everyone it. likes it, but it's still candy. Did she mark someone? <laughs> did she mark the, the chick in um in Deepa Mascar? Mm, no, it was discussed, but we never did. Oh, is I that think. what it was? Yeah. I think I Chat's wondering if, if Aurora had ever used it. So I mean, as far as on board. on this kind of marks of justice are controlled for a reason. They're so not something you just yeah. You don't just dole them out for like there thieves, thieves and murderers. It's lower like, uh, justice shears <laughs> require uh, a whole level of bureaucracy and paperwork oh, yeah, in order to totally issue. She totally broke the rules just now. She broke. 11 dozen rules with what she just did. And if anyone finds out about it, she'll probably be in a huge heap of trouble. So, But how do you reprimand a king? I mean, yeah, fuck, how do you? You don't. Well, you it's Bahamut, though. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Bahamut, like, owes her one, so... <laughs> right? It's kind of like... You get you it may this be, time You time. get one. You may be king of Italy, but the Catholic Church can still... Yeah. They can still come down on you. They can Separation of church and state does not exist. All right. Separation of anything. That takes at least a full day for the yeah. um, for the whole situation there. I've been testing out these guys. Sorry. So, sorry guys. Pinter, what is Pinter attempting to uh, attempting to accomplish? What is Pinter looking into? Here? Well, he has um, different apparatuses to see the magical properties of things. So he has. Brand is staying like this with the sword out. He holding out the arrow and he aligns all these things. He says, now don't move. And then he puts like different apparatuses on them. <laughs> and he's measuring if uh, in combination uh, two of the shards or three as he puts his out there too uh, changes the uh, unleashes any sort of magical effect, makes the magic more powerful, does any kinds of changes if anything happens when these shards are put together like this. It's strange, because as Pinter uh, studies these, he can tell that these things hold a, a level of power, more like a level of potential power that is greater than, than anything that he has ever dealt with before. At first he thought, wow, these are really powerful, you know, I've, I've seen some super powerful things and these are definitely on par, and the more and more he studies it, uh, he realizes that this is, these are not on par. These are uh, these are well below par. I mean, you got hole in one, uh, and then you've got you know you 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 did it yesterday before you even got out on the field. Let's drop this analogy. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, these are extraordinarily uh, ha- have the potential to be extraordinarily more powerful than anything Pinter has ever studied. Um, in all, is greater. In there all, are like magical items, time. and then there are suns. Does it seem like breathing the, bringing them together? creates anything yes uh and that is part of it part of what he he figures out that 
these items, the uh, specifically the Blade of Souls and the Kronos Arrow. While these these items basically draw their power from the shard, they, they they are extraordinarily powerful artifacts, and they were able to be created because they were basically crafted around the shard. They harness just a sliver of the power that of the potential power in the shard of pure evil in order to do what they do, in order to give immortal life, in order to uh, to contain souls that, uh, you know, the undying souls that otherwise uh, cannot be destroyed or contained in any way, they use the the, shard of, the shards of pure evil to, the, the splinters of the shard of pure evil mm-hmm. to, to do what they do. And uh, Pinter sees that this one that is not attached to anything, it's not much different, it is just there, perhaps an extraordinarily powerful uh, person or being could craft another item around this shard, or the shards could even be removed from uh, from the items that they are currently in, most likely breaking Whoops. the um, breaking the items that they're in. But th- even that would be uh, a very difficult thing to do. Putting the items, putting the shards together, Pinter can uh, Pinter can sense a fluctuation in the in the power. It is not such that like you know you put them together and they're no, they're more powerful. But he does get the sense that these things they want to be together. They want to not fuse, as was said a couple times. But um, but it's almost that the, the intent that they have is to be one. But the overwhelming sensation he gets is that while these are slightly sort of attracted to each other, these are just the tiniest little bits. And yeah. he knows that what they, uh, what they would more likely fuse to is the what they were originally broken off of, the shard of pure evil. And is there anything in the divination or the research we've done that shows what would happen if the shard of pure evil were uh, entirely repaired? Only speculation. Even what the shard of pure evil is is yeah. just so unknown. Um, so that's what you discover from those two, those two artifacts. Uh, and he, he is certain that there is more. Uh, those two uh, and, and his own uh, unbound shard. <laughs> There is more, uh, certainly more to discover with uh, looking at the others. Well, in the days to come, by the time these guys return, uh, send a message to everyone saying it is exceptionally important that we find out um, the intent of these items, why they wish to come together. I do, uh, please come to my lab. Uh, it's like the sixth day by now. Uh, so, so we can uh, do this research and discuss before we leave to meet Keeper. Right, he's summoning them at noon in his lab. Who comes? Aurora comes. You summon me to the, Everyone. To the meeting? Everyone. He comes and attends the meeting. Brandis comes. Does Ren come? He said it's important. Ren comes, but he shows up exceptionally late. <laughs> so we're all standing around. <laughs> he gets back. He, he he walks in. Are you cold. sure this isn't like the tea? Is tea cold. Or something? Yeah, it's just a really good tea. It's high he walks right in now. and kind of puts and says, "Oh, I'm sorry. I had I was busy. What what have you found out thus far?" Okay, so wait, 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 wait. And you see everyone standing in poses with like all this equipment arranged around them. And then Pinter walks over and like hustles Ren over to a spot. And arranges like a big lens over here and all these things. It says, hold out the rod, hold out Ren, the rod. Ren Aurora shows up. He's like, oh my god, what is this? Ren. Also, it's Aurora over here. Ren is not easily shuffled over by Pinter. I don't know, he's kind of small. He, 
he is he like not a force, Ren. <laughs> he is not. Um, he is not going along with this. I mean, as much as he's all about seeking out knowledge and magic items and stuff, he is. You're starting to notice very hesitant about um, showing off the rod. And as he's looking at the rest of you, and you've all got kind of your things out there with your lenses on, all that stuff, he's very slow to pull out the rod. And he looks down at it, and he's looking back at the rest of you. And he looks down at it again, and his hand kind of starts to shake. And he holds it out anyways, but it's only because the rest of the group is doing it. Even if one person didn't consent, he'd break this off. Ethmodius is also there holding up the rod. <laughs> There's this, like, needle hooked up to all the equipment, and it starts shaking, and he starts translating the shapes of it into things. Oh, fascinating, fascinating. Solus. Oh, man. Oh, Appears in the group uh, as you're as you're doing this, you know, putting the artifacts in. The crown grow, glows glows brightly, and again, just a you know, a, a very bright light comes out of it and then forms into the uh, the female form that is. Says, oh, Solus! That oh, is Solus! <laughs> and he, he looks around. There's like half-eaten sandwiches and stuff. And he said, "Forsyth, why do you leave your food everywhere? Clean up after yourself." She uh, she just sort of tilts her head looking at uh, what you're doing, and she says, What are you doing? Uh, it says, uh, research. Uh, it says we're trying to figure out um, why these shards want to come together and what happens when they do. She says, They are powerful. Yes. And then she just and kind evil. of looks around the room. She kind of tilts her head and says, Perhaps. What do you mean perhaps? Uh, don't you know they're made from pure evil? Don't you know what Don't evil is? She says, they are very strong. And she just kind of looks and looks at all the instruments and just... She almost looks at the instruments thinking like, like that, it's silly. Does she look at them like they are only power and is the way that it is used that determines whether it is evil or not? <laughs> Man, that's a complex <laughs> thought to try to get out of her facial expression. You got a hell of an insight check. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Does right. she think metaphorically about the concept of good and evil? She's a, um, actually, Ren finds that she's an extraordinarily difficult person to, person, if you can call her that, uh, being, to read at all. She is so, um... Yeah, she ran around the peculiar. city giggling at cobblestones. Yeah, she's so, uh, um... And then crying sort of spontaneous and, and strange that none of her reactions... Alien. Um, ...can relate to human or any, you know, creatures, beings that Ren deals with. And when he tries to see this... She's just an enigma. Say, Solus, what else do you know about these splinters of the shard? He says, I am in one. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, do, you, do you sense... Right now? ...what might happen if they all join? He says, they have immense power. They have the power to hold things like me. Could they hold a god? She says, yes, like me. Huh? <laughs> Pinter, Pinter takes out a notebook. Right. Go on. Yes. Uh, Solus, you are a, you are a god. She says I am a goddess. She says. When did you figure this out? She says, uh, She thinks and says. Uh, she says a while ago. I suppose we never directly asked. It seems like a presumptuous thing to ask. <laughs> well, everyone knows if you asked if you're a god, everyone just says yes. Yes. Well, Stoilet certainly did. Solus, <laughs> who worshipped you? 
He says, many did. Says, I don't remember my name. Mistra? They call you Mistra? Says, I don't remember my name. If What were you the... She says, I am... I am me. I am Solus. And she just kind of smiles. She says, I am Solus. And she starts floating around the room. And then she just sort of starts looking at Pinter's equipment. I don't remember my name. Is it Mistra? I told you. I remember. Do you remember why people worshipped you? She shakes her head and says, no. But were you good or evil? That's the I was question here. I think killed. Guys, really, we, we might killed have to do. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember who killed you? She says no. And then she, uh, she no. says, "Someone take out a bird mask." He says, "The thing, the thing that was there that what we thing? saw, the wrong thing. It killed me. The Did it kill me? Thing? And she just kind of thinks, says, "Maybe." Do you mean? And then she just floats up through the ceiling. That oh yeah. Oh. Well, she called the <laughs> she called the shadow serpent a wrong thing, and that was an agent of Shar. Yeah, Shar. So it is a very likely that you, Aurora, house Mistra in your crown. What? what remains of her? She was laughing at cobblestones. She probably choked on spaghetti and said, "A shadow serpent killed me." <laughs> she was allergic. To I'm not she comes back down and looks. She looks straight at Pinter as she floats back down towards the ground <laughs> and she says it would make sense your transitory lucidity bothers me Pinter sits down and says you can put down your, your, your weapons he says I think I'm done with this study <laughs> Brandon says you should be careful with that crown Oh, thanks. No pressure. She Only says, what? <laughs> Wait, where did I put it? <laughs> like she looks book. to each of you and says, Be careful with those that you wield. They are powerful. They can hold the gods. Well, all of them can. Okay. Well, the Blade of well, Souls contain me, so... Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if... If it can't contain Brandis, what does that make Brandis? If these are the tools used to possibly chain theirs, do Hmm. Uh, Interesting who thought. To chain, who chained Thursday? Oh, for for the items. To yeah, the items used oh. in the dark world. How do you make a chain with a crown, sword, an arrow? Give them to me. No, maybe metaphorical. No, no, metaphorical. No, no, no. You have to no. cross the streams. If if Thursday Doom was really bad, maybe like he's in the crystal. Oh. Yeah, maybe he's already bound, like in one of them already. No, like the big one. <laughs> yeah, the big one. The big one. So if what, they come so together, what that's what I want to know. Do. If we bring them together with the the mm. big one, whatever this uh, it is, whatever it manifests as, will it bind him or will it release him? Or after he's released, do we have to combine ours and then? This is utter speculation, of course. Yeah. Hmm. Based so off you're of my reading, a dead god, but you're not dead. How does that work? She says, "I am not dead." I'm well, alive. You, you I am here. And she stands solace. up. Damn it, she says, I am solace. I am alive. <laughs> and then okay. she just throws her arms out and the the room just lights up and like some of Pinter's equipment just like sparks and pops and one of his little bobbles breaks. Stop, okay. stop, 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 stop. There's a ghost that just escaped. And she Please. says, I am full of life. Yes, you're, you're full She's of life. She's wearing magic. a cloak, right? Brennis gives her a cloak every time she appears. <laughs> Uh, no, she started her... wearing sparkly dresses. Oh, well, no, she put that on upon request. That was her, only like... that time. She's not this time. 
All right. Yeah. Well, far be it for me. Hugh does not mind at all. And puts on one of his. He has a. He has a collection. Bottomless bag of cloaks. You know there is. There's a magical item that generates daggers. I'm sure there's one that yeah. does the same thing for Cullis. Oh, so he bought one just after just seeing <laughs> Solace for the first time. Just don't get them mixed up. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so... <laughs> she stands up, uh, she says, she says, these things, they are the only things powerful enough to hold the gods. She says, that is why I put myself in it, to protect myself. Yeah. When did you learn... What? Wait. Wait, did you say when did she... Did you no, say when did you learn No, I'm, I'm, I'm... She's like, she said, when did you... Why? Who? What? Pinter says... Believe, Connect these dots. I have no idea what she's saying. I believe she used the binding magic of the crystals to save a piece of herself. Says, just a piece, just a piece. This, and she points. Wait, how old's the crown? How just old was that the whole cutest thing? piece. It was about the time the spell flag is when everything went down. She points to the crown and says, says, yes, the crown. Only a small part could only store a small part of me. Says, but together, together, you could house. You could house entire gods. And she kind of gets excited about the, the thought. She goes, very powerful, very powerful magic. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, Hugh's just kind of glazing over uh, the corner. <laughs> and Ren is like salivating at this Wait, and uh, dreaming of the, all the possibilities that this could mean. And Pinter's... Well, no wonder uh, Char attacked us! Yeah. Jeez! And Pinter's notes, uh, or the the uh, the research he's collected from all these coming together, they kind of, like of support years. that could be that logic that, that when these come together with the shard, it, it has the power to bind. Um, no, she uh, meant when these are put together, not, not oh, any just Pinter, these, just these five. Holy That's moly. what she's saying. Five. Let's do it. Uh, when Pinter, when which Pinter, guy? which god? Let's choose one. When Pinter, when Pinter thinks about it, even the suggestion <laughs> is. Then you can be Muhammad. Even the suggestion is uh, kind no. of absurd. No, uh, for the uh, Pinter knows that the gods, uh, the gods and goddesses that exist, they are not. Um, they're not just immortals. They are an entirely unique form of being. And that the you know they're immensely powerful. Some, I mean, many of them, they could not kill each other if they tried, as evidenced by the chained god. You know, the the some oftentimes the best they can do is uh, oftentimes the best they can do is entrap one. In fact, when Mistra was killed, it caused the spell plague. I mean that's you can't the, just go around that's killing the level gods. of uh, you don't do it, guys. Okay. That's Why the level of you probably shouldn't kill thirst, of power. That's the level of energy that is um, that is tied behind a god. So the idea that um, the idea that anything could just, especially something you know that you possess, could hold the entire power of a god, let alone multiple gods, as she uh, seems to be saying, um, is kind of absurd, and yet. So the, research, the, the research the research has been doing the last couple days and kind of the more he dives into these shards to try to figure out more about them and the more he realizes you know it's almost like you know he looks at the tiniest bit of the shard to be like I wonder if anything's unique about this and finds that that tiniest little bit holds more power than than anything he's ever seen before and that perhaps if there was anything that these could be it hmm. I believe it great as if I didn't have enough pressure 
Enough weighing down on me already. Now I have a literal. We still don't know though if Ferris Dune is already trapped this. or must be trapped. He's trapped. I mean, if he wasn't, there would be Ferris Dune everywhere. Yeah, we've seen visions of a world with Ferris Dune in it. It's not good. Oh, so wait, wait, what? <laughs> He's trapped somewhere. Okay. So we saw visions of it uh, when. He's oh. like in alternate... What's the guy who we He's decided like not to kill? Blackwood. Blackwood. Um, we saw visions from other Blackwood of Thursday being summoned. Not actually, I mean, visions. So, not he didn't get summoned, but we saw visions. So... Oh, you mean his nightmares? Yeah. When you saw we his nightmares. We know we don't want... You saw Thursday. You saw elements of uh, yeah, Thursday. We know we don't want Thursday uh, to I die. I think there was, like, and him popping out, too. Like, I am released! That was one of the visions, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, he did have an, uh, uh, a nightmare of, um, of that. So we don't want Therizim to die. We also don't want him unbound. It seems like... Status quo. What we are coming towards, perhaps someone is attempting to free him in order to kill him, in order to cause the cataclysm, mm-hmm. and we must be the ones to rebind him. I'm fine with that. But how we do it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking forward to what Keeper has to say. Ren is wondering if you don't even have to free him in order to kill him. I mean, what if you were to just That's take true. the whole Blow shard the and just... Burr, and, yeah, the crystal. And just... Or do something. Blow out the crystal. Mangles That's assuming it? that the right. god is in the crystal. Well, yeah, was, whatever. I mean, I'm yeah. spitballing here. Yeah. Like, who knows anything <laughs> about this? Like, I like that he's trying, though. <laughs> it's really interesting. To be honest, I think this is the limit of what we can know right now. Uh, we have come a long way... Of knowing the purpose of or the power of these uh, shards, but yeah. I'm looking forward to what um, to what Keeper has to tell us. Yeah. Aurora's just still it's she, true. her mind it's boggled. It's true, we're trying it's to figure boggled. out what do we do with these. What do we do with these? Keeper seems to be pretty sure he knows what we do. Then again, it could be a trap. Guys, I have no idea what you need to do, but I had something totally unrelated that I need you to do for me, <laughs> and that seemed like a good whatever you were doing. You that would probably be a good stop like Aurora from threatening people. And Ren goes, oh, oh, "Listen, it's a really important. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you do, a, don't let her do that. I need to kill bears and collect ten claws for me. This <laughs> is really important. To but their drop rate's really low, uh-huh. so it's gonna take you a while. There are a lot of clawless bears around here." And it's an epidemic. Oh, Alright, anyways, Pinterest said he's going to start compiling his notes into something that he can actually carry around, and he's going to do that until they leave. Okay. While also signing copies of uh, his novel for anyone who bought it. Over the course of the next few days, Pinter, um Finds one more thing ah, few more that things. was undiscovered. Uh, I assume he's continuing to, one, two, to study yeah. at least his uh, shard. And he's got the basically he has so many magical devices that take notes for him that he's still studying all those notes. Have we considered just sort of explaining all of this to Solus and see what insights she could have, like our Didn't entire just... situation? We kind of did, but we a little vague. Like Solus she seems pretty smart. Solus, um, yeah, uh, in, unless Aurora has uh, has requested Solus to go back in the crown, she's actually staying in this room. She no, is, she's Aurora's she's just kind of excited. She she has not, has spent the last. I mean, Pinter's been doing this thing. She spent ten hours standing there, staring at Pinter's armor. It's pretty great. It's, he's not wearing it. It's, it's like great. standing in the corner. He says that. Yeah, and she's just looking at each part, and she seems to just like look at one little piece of it and then stay completely still for an hour. 
Right. And then she looks to another part. Got his own magic that he uses. But his magic is literally at the level of a wandering sage. All the other magic he does is channeling ghosts. Mm-hmm. And so without the ghosts, even though he has a ton of knowledge about magic, most of his not- magic isn't that powerful. And yet he does amazing things. Yeah, mostly through basically creating stuff that amplifies his magic or channels ghosts through it. Ghostly channeling. Kind of like an engineer who has a That's jackhammer. That's kind of flattering. Like. But isn't that, like, can't throw a punch that hard? So, yeah. during this... Wait, wait, he found one more thing? Yes, Pinter has found one more thing. <laughs> there is something inside this crystal. My crystal? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, we've we got to stop calling it a crystal. We use a lot of weird terminology. We, uh, use the same we use a lot of redundant terms. The sliver, sliver inside the red crystal. The red sliver the heart of pure evil. The one that was once in someone's heart, which was before that, in the other half of the wind crystal, which you do possess. It is a little confusing as evidenced by chat. Shard. Each week people get confused being like, wait, what happened to the other half of the wind crystal? Mm-hmm. Um, so, we still have it. You have the first half. The second I, half. I kept the second. Oh yeah, you, you have the, the, the piece the, the shards of it. Yeah. Not to be confused with shards of pure <laughs> evil. Greg, you're making it worse. <laughs> so in the splinters. Um or in the splinter, what do I find? There's something inside it. Yes. It's a little person. It's a little fetus. It's a tiny <laughs> It's a mosquito. the dinosaurs. There is um he finds that there is um, there is something hidden inside this crystal, not something physical, but a uh, a piece of um, a piece of uh, almost memory, something that uh, that Pinter feels like he could access uh, with a great amount of effort. So long, I touch it, and uh, and he finds that as his, as as he it. kind of yes, yeah, okay. Yes, he's got dual souls. Go on. He finds that there is there is this thing here that. Uh, and what it is, is the fact that Pinter, in all of this, has, uh, has ended up with the first half of the wind crystal that holds Damon's intent. Uh, studying along with it, since it was at one point connected to it, we'll just say. What, did you actually have it? What, the wind? Yeah, I hold on to that thing. Oh, you always hold on. Well, okay, you had it anyway. So, he finds that h- holding this thing is drawing the slightest bit of something from, uh, from the shard, and he realizes... That it is something that is uh, that is seeking out Daoman's spirit. His spirit is not here, but the intent, the intent that was captured inside this uh, this wind crystal, is enough to get it to stir just slightly. So when Pinter projects his mind into projects his mind into it, he's able to access. <laughs> Solace is standing there watching Pinter. Just, I'm lost. And the moment, the moment Pinter reaches his mind into the crystal, his fingers grow cold and numb. You feel the air change, turning cold and sharp on your skin. Bit by bit, your vision is clouded by motes of snow until the world around you is completely obscured. A moment later, the wind shifts, and as the snow flies away, transporting you to the edge of a vast snow-covered cliff, you see a great four-winged demon stands nearby on the edge of the glacier overlooking a small settlement. Shoot him. The residents go about their daily lives unaware of the figure watching them intently. You hear a voice in your mind, though the thoughts are less of a communication 
more of a memory. There is a village nestled deep within the frozen north that may prove some interest to you. The valley there harbors a group of what appear to be wholly unremarkable little elves, but they are more than what they seem. When they manifest their worth to you, the slad race shall ascend to true greatness. Of that I can assure you. You will find them easy prey and more than worth the effort to raise to maturity if you move now. The demon watches them for a while with detached interest until a young boy catches his attention. Barely more than five years old, the child tumbles about playfully in the snow before skidding to the stop just outside the village. The boy stops abruptly and stares up at the cliff face as if searching for something. The demon shifts, his eyes narrow. The boy's attention is broken for a moment as someone calls out to him, and when he turns back, the demon is gone, replaced by a single snowy owl that soars into the sky on silent wings. The wind pulls at you once more, and your vision ends, leaving you with a lingering chill. It's when I used to be an elven child. <laughs> Two souls, guys. I got like eight souls in here, guys. You, huh? Could that have been Damon? That was, uh, that was 100% Damon. Yeah, yeah, the next time we're all together, he tells you guys about that. Oh. So that's. Zuzu! Damn, I've had enough of his meddling! I was hoping he'd meddled in my past. Trust me, that's not something you want. He doesn't. He says, I am glad I feared. That it would have been a vision of my past. Hearing about this, it stirs the emotions in Ren that he felt when he first saw Kazuzu discussing uh, matters with, I think it was Asmodeus, um, about Ren and the uh, anger and not even really betrayal, because it's what they do. Mm -hmm. Devils betray. (laughs) But just... The anger oh, you do that about the whole thing about how uh, it was almost as if Ren was predestined to end up like this, and how it, Ren almost feels like his his destiny and his future was robbed from him. And as he's reminded once again of how uh, Pazuzu did this to yet another one of his friends, just the anger comes right back to him. Yeah, Aurora's clearly pissed off. She's just not happy. It's still unclear as to why he's done this. I mean, everything that we've seen so far could be, you know, some plot. We become aware of it. We try to prevent it. Everything could have been just as, but why his involvement with our own past? We have no well, theory as to why that's the case yet. We have a prophecy... If we have a divination, which we got, which stop, yeah, what would stop? What would have stopped him from getting a divination before that? Uh, when we were just tiny little adventurers, of but those these guys are going to stop your great evil plans. But those events that got transpired almost crafted us into what we are. That's bad luck. Unforeseen for him. I don't know. Do you see he could be guiding our actions still? It's a possibility. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like either of those options, really. But would he have sent... I would only be stronger without the Mm, Would he have sent the Shadow Beast to stop us from achieving the crown if he did not want us to achieve it? It is a worthy fear. I don't know. 
Who can really predict the intent of a demon? I don't know. Someone evil. Yeah. Who doesn't mind betraying people. <laughs> mm. Good thing we don't know anyone yeah. like that. Ooh, we're lefty. Does anyone have anything Stop else they need to... Stop it the thing! That's right. You can't have that kind of competition it's in your life. Them from us. <laughs> oh my Hugh, god. Um, no. I mean, if, if, if Sauce is just going to be out there, Hugh, I mean, thinks it's, I mean... God Mistra seems to be on our side for the time being, I mean... We might not want to spread that information around if... No, no, but he, he just basically starts going over and telling her, like, all about, you know, Thunderstrike and all the stuff we've done and stuff with Wrath and... Are you um, name-dropping? Yeah, I mean name-dropping a little that, bit. Are you... You're bragging to the god of... No, no, just kind of like filling her in on our situation. Yeah, she and she's she basically, you know, time. good part of a god so, might have some insights. Maybe, although she might start some, babbling about... Wait, are you talking to Solace? Yeah. Brennis puts another cloak over her. Too close. Because obviously... The Hugh doesn't on. see the point. Some of his best conversations have been while in the nude. <laughs> best conversations. <laughs> Yeah, that was an awkward A magical trip. woman With who knows nothing, who wears nothing when she appears, and Hugh is interested in talking to her. <laughs> I wonder if Pazuzu saw way back in the past, saw the future of Hugh, and said, I'll just drop in some magical naked woman and he'll never concentrate on stopping me. She's a distraction. Greatest distraction. And she's still jealous, so. I mean, he tells her about the divination, he, but he tells her about the legends we found and all the stuff, and... Potential, like, what could potentially happen. And how's, how's her attention span? Probably terrible. Probably. Greg? Solaces? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, exactly as evidenced by my own attention span. Um, <laughs> Solace turns and says, what? <laughs> she was demoralized. <laughs> That's right, Solace. Make him work for it. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at Hugh, just blinking. Pinto, you sure need to go. Uh, Pinto doesn't have anything else to do. No. It's yeah, Hugh's been talking to her for like an hour now. Well, I have no eyes. Oh my god. That's fine. It's been two. It was a nice days. review for Let's myself, go. I guess. Yeah. It's all good. Oh, thanks. You're, you're, you're just need to talk it out. You need to think it out loud, you know? Yeah, I guess it helps. Solace tilts her head, as if she's not sure what he was talking about. Uh, I was uh, yeah. I was just telling you all about, like, stuff we've been doing. See if you had <laughs> thoughts. says, I have been watching you. I can see from the crown. Oh. But, like, the stuff before can, we got you. Can you see everything? She says, oh, yes, I learned all about that. Cool. She says, I have books. What? She says, in the crown. Oh, that is so cool. Can I come into the crown? She thinks for a moment. Says, no. No. It is not for your kind. Oh. He's got dibs. <laughs> Shut up, Hugh. No, it's, it's, it, it would be awkward. Hugh's already in here. You wouldn't know, you wouldn't know how to treat her. <laughs> Alright, well. Hugh, once again, realizes this is, I mean, what, where he thought that this would be useful talking about being pure magic, it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Not quite. No. What you envisioned? I mean, he was never understood magic. 
And now he fails to understand. His understanding of women has been, you know, marginal at best, so this is sort of a combination of like... This is the worst possible The greatest foe of human A magical woman who is magic. (laughs) Incarnate. Uh, Brenna says, I don't know what we can do aside from wait for news from Keeper. Well, we're supposed to meet him. We're supposed to meet him there. We have a date with Destiny. Uh, now? Are is we, it, is it, is it time? Day. Hypersleep. Have we reached that hyper time? Sleep. Hyper sleep. It's been a ten day. That's, that's an oxymoron. It's been a ten day as soon as you say there's nothing more significant you can do. There's nothing more to learn from the shards in, the, in this amount yeah, of time. I think Hugh, we're um, ready to go. Can we get to consider that a big fat extended rest? No. No, because no. we work so hard the whole time. We do. You don't because you were evil. Um, Hugh, talks to stuff. Also, yeah, you were actually like Working a Progression lot on the new Thunder Strike is gone. Stoila, um, she looks annoyed when Hugh comes engineer. to ask. No, it's like if anything he can do. Like, I mean, Hugh is. No, I mean, as soon as Hugh approaches, okay, she says, she says, says, stop says, giving me. Look, I understand. I know. I'm behind schedule. All right. I've, uh, look. Do I tell you how to draw a bow? No. Just, do I tell you how to draw a bow? And it's just really uncharacteristically uh, mean of her. And then she says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then she bows. Says, this this whole thing, I mean, it's really stressful. Oh, highly. She says, if there's anything that you can help with, I'll let you know. Okay. And then she just puts this big smile. And just, like, kind of awkwardly smiles at him as if she's just trying to not be stressed out. How did your um, secret project turn out? Or did that kind of get interrupted? Yeah. Her eyes, uh, her eyes get wide and says, "Oh man," he says, "It's so close, but I'm working on Thunderstrike." Priorities. Yep. I wanted to. Wait, is Ren there too? Sure, <laughs> he can be. Ren is there, and he says, <gasps> "It happened." Ren um, says, "Remind me again. You don't have to tell me, but how cool is your secret project?" That's really cool. Is it cool enough to justify taking? How, how long do you well, need to finish it? Well, we can't do it without Thunderstrike, right? It says Hold probably on. only a couple days of work left. It's so close. And do you need Thunderstrike operational to use this surprise project? She shakes her head silently. Ren says, oh. I give you permission to work on your secret project and put Thunderstrike on hold for Her a eyes get wide as if a break from working on Thunderstrike is the thing she wanted more than anything. And <laughs> says... Because you have asked, I will do what you say. And then she puts a big smile on her face that is actually genuine. Ren says, I'm eager to see it. And then turns around and walks off. Flashback to Pazuzu telling Stoila, if you work on a secret project, you'll never finish the understanding. <laughs> 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 Your secret <laughs> project is screwing them. The day... That you wake up to leave to go to the meeting place for Keeper. Stoila comes bursting in to wherever you're meeting. <coughs> and she says, I finished it! Huh? Ren My secret ju- project! Ren jumps up super excited. Wow! Good call, Ren. Hugh. These hash browns aren't at all the same hash browns as before. Almost coughs on his tea, but does not. Because he heard her coming into the hallway. But she, her entrance was, you know, rather dramatic. Ren says, Let's see it! She says, okay, okay, wait. And she kind of looks and looks at the doorway and then looks at each of you. She says, okay, okay, ready? 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 I'm not ready. Do we have to stand in a particular place? Just stay right here. Okay. And she I'm walks worried. out of the room. I'm really worried about her. Ren is 
That beaming. was amazing. She left. Incredible. <laughs> Ren We're going to find so her resignation letter. <laughs> Ren is so tense. I've been drafting this for anticipation days. right now. It's killing him. You see? <clears throat> A large metal sphere comes rolling into the room. And floating above the metal sphere is a metal, um, oval sphere. What do you call an oval sphere? Egg. Obloid spheroid. An obloid spheroid is actually a little different. It's a metal egg. So an egg? Metal oh. egg-shaped uh, oh. thing. And it's kind of a patchwork metal, metal you know, like uh, made of kind of a bunch of different uh, pieces of, uh, like, uh, scrap metal. Well, it looks like several bits of it were forged, some of it were ripped off of, uh, uh, of something else and, and shaped <coughs> into it. And uh, as the bottom uh, ball, like a, like a big, you know, like one wheel, except it's a sphere, comes rolling in, the, uh, the egg-shaped thing is just floating above it. And then what when it gets inside, you see this? four um, curved metal legs, you could call them, shoot out from below the sphere, and it lifts up, and then you see a green glow. Yeah. No way. Uh, it's Keeper G- or, uh, RA42.0! And then it says, authorized. <laughs> yes! And then Storylight comes running in. And she says, I fixed him! Oh, man. That's so yeah. awesome. Does he still respond to any of the... Does, does he have all the same commands? Or? It's about uh, uh, four and a half feet tall total. You know, even with the sphere, I may have described it kind of gigantic, but... Uh, it's like four and a half feet tall to- total. So, Pinter. She says, I call him RA5. Makes sense. Hi, RA5. Did you update his OS? Or that doesn't make sense. Does he respond to the same <laughs> commands? Or... Is, he, is he a touch screen? <laughs> Does he make phone calls? No, she says, it took a lot of work, but I put a lot of things in him. Like, watch this. She, uh, she, says, she says, get me a glass of wine. And then it, like, rolls over, and you see uh, coming out of the sphere kind of a... Uh, little arm-like thing that moves out, and then as it points at a glass of wine, it just lifts up. Uh, as you can tell, it's like a, a tele- telekinetic uh, energy goes to the glass, Magic. and then the bottle pours into it, and then it comes back to Stoilet and gives it to her. <laughs> and then its light, and then its, its glow flashes green a couple times. Like, completed project? Well. Well, well, well. Very nice. Is he combat capable? He says, a little. <laughs> Does he have that cool, like, rocket speed thing? Rockets? Uh, she kind of looks down and says, no, Is I didn't feel good about that. Is he rideable? <laughs> Ren, I'm asking for Ren. Is he rideable? She says, it says, it, so it's awesome. got about enough, uh, enough strength to hold one person. Well, there you go. Rideable. Barely. Yeah, so but that's, anyway. a, that's a pretty big thing to lug around. Well, follow us. But, okay, here's here's the thing. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get too excited about having Ren ride around on RA4... You know you want to. I know I want to. RA5. RA5. I know I want to desperately. However... Right now? He has a nightmare. However, this is Stoila's pet project. And she, uh... She's the one that was really excited about it. I'd rather let her 
explain all this stuff and show us all the cool stuff rather than being <laughs> like, hey, can it shoot tons of stuff? And her be like, no. Hey, can it fly like the speed of light? No. Hey, can it do this? No. What's hey, Stoyla, show off some of the more some more of the cool stuff that it can do. It's she says, uh, um, well, it was originally a, a research assistant. assistant, right? <gasps> R.A. Because yeah. it's still assistant research. She says, oh it can. She says, it. much of its original, and then she kind of tilts her head, she says, she says things that it could do, uh, it still does, because I don't really understand how it does it. She <laughs> says, there's nice. a bunch of weird stuff inside, and I managed to uh, play with it enough to make it do that again. And then I put my own arcane core inside of it and made it do extra stuff. Arcane yes. core? Yes. yes. You it's, put an arcane core in an arcane object. It's pretty simple. She says, oh, That's... it was arcane before. It's just kind of weird arcane. Weird cane. She says, you wouldn't understand it. Because I don't. Dude! <laughs> Solace needs to look at it. Oh my god, put Solace in it. Oh no. No, no, let Solace look at it. So, as soon as Aurora says this, Dude, Solace, why are you gonna have the light Solace comes out Because it's again. weird magic. She's not going to do anything. Weird. She's going to sit there and, sit, and when Aurora at his says, armor for hours on it. She's just going to look and be like... And when Aurora says, put wow. Solace in it, Solace appears again, not wearing anything, out she, of the crown. Cloak. Cloak. Solace this time reaches her hand out in anticipation, catches the cloak and puts it on. And uh, she'll put it's more a cloak of a greeting now. It's kind of how she she'll put it. a cloak on you because she thinks that's that's how you express mm-hmm. your. That's your upon meeting, she, actually, she does. She puts the cloak on and then holding out a just a kind of cloak of pure light just forms below her hand and she tosses it over to Brandis. You have a new plus six now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then she just disappears. She just disappears into RA5. Great. And you broke both of them! I made them both better and you know it! What does, it just bounces up and down. What and then Solace comes out of it. Solace, did you break it? Storyla is just oh kind god, of looking, curious. And then Solace leaves and she says, kind of neat. And then she uh, looks back and says, and, and then goes back into the crown. Well, <laughs> she's like a. Ch- neck. Yeah, just- <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you can't use it <laughs> because it's made of pure magic. And I'm not made of magic. She says, "Anyway, take it with you. It's really helpful." Yes, we will. Thank you, Storyline. A helpful research assistant again. I'm very. She I, smiles. She, she doesn't feel um, a small amount of guilt about that because it really was her situation that RA4 killed himself to save her with his rocket boosters and smashed into a rock, as you recall, yeah. into a million pieces. That that was saving Aurora, so she does feel a little guilty about that whole, the whole situation. She says, I saved every little piece. I went out into that field for weeks Metal and I detector. picked up every little bit. She says, it took a long time. Wow. You really says, I've been working special, on it. Aren't you? I've been working on this for 11 years. Wow. Wow. Ren walks over. Your secret project was awesome. Lost. She just kind of stares blankly as if... And you sense a sort of sense of loss in her. As she realizes again. that her 11-year project is done. is done. And she says, well, now to work on Thunderstrike. And walks out of the room. <clears throat> Wow. So that ship ain't gonna build itself as she walks out. It might if you build more RA5s. 
She just said. I don't think she can rebuild another one. <laughs> no, it's more of a concept. Pinter is fascinated by this. <clears throat> Meet our robot. Looking at it, tapping Sorry, not it, a robot shaking its thing. hand, analyzing it. You're supposed to say authorized go. a lot, I think. Authorized. 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 It's how we say friend. <laughs> that, has, yes. that was how Damon said Authorized. we are friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh god, Damon never know. got to see our <laughs> And then as you guys just say its name a couple times, it sort of looks to each of you, and then you hear in Storla's voice uh, coming out of RA5 says, Where shall we go now? Oh no. Storla, come on. I mean, RA5. Why do you have Soil's voice? Uh, and then, uh, and then it says, uh, my creator created me with her voice because she did not know what other voice to use. Nice. She, cause, well, right, all right. right. At least it's not just, high in grading. Yeah, our iPhone is kind of whistled and had like anyway, holograms. This yeah, makes, no, it wasn't even light. It was my creator felt light. that speaking common was more useful than a blinking light. This Probably makes, wise. This makes me chuckle. I agree. I, I like the new interface. Say, so, well, Aurora, you're leading the way. You know where to go. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I show everyone a spot on the map that covers, you know, maybe like roughly a mile radius. Are we flying there or portaling? Uh, I think we should portal in. I mean, why why should we fly over the desert? It's very uncomfortable. Okay, let's portal. Um, with this, RA5 says, I am capable of creating portals to 6,728 defined locations. Where would oh, you like man. to go? We don't even need Frida anymore. Hey. <laughs> Frida's like just no. hopping in the door. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Ren looks over at Frida and I guess we can says quietly to her, she says, man, he says, man, fuck that guy. <laughs> what, RE5? No, Pinter. Pinter said it unthinking. You didn't know Frida was there. Oh. What does, what does Frida do when Ren says this? Um, Frida just leans over and says, I can make portals to 10,782 locations. Ren says, you're damn right you can. <laughs> well, let's just test out what RA5 can do, just for the sake of... I can shoot arrows pretty well. Science. I can talk good. <laughs> I'll never die. Alright. Rather, you die exceptionally well. So Better really, when faced with amazing you. technology, we just devolve. All right, what are you telling them to do? <laughs> Can we fly, RA5? Create a portal. Yes. Sweet. Sweet. Brennan <laughs> 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 okay. says, let me rephrase that. Jinx, buy me now. Jinx, let us rephrase that. Make okay. a portal. To this spot. And she shows on the map. Uh... RA5 just turns, and then you see um, you see just a beam of light shoot out, and it forms into a circle. Like a laser? Uh, not quite like a laser. Like, More like a, a laser. beam of concentrated like light. A, a beam a of beam light. Of concentrated light. Got it. Not a laser, but that. Magically focused. It's a magically For focused beam. Con- of concentrated light. Like a wizard light. would shoot out of its wand. Not Woo! like a laser pointer would All shoot right. out of a laser. Wand <laughs> eruption. Let's go. Oh, Continue. <laughs> Once. All right, make a portal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Let's go through. We go through the portal. Yeah. So all right, five rolls first. through after you. What? All right, oh, all right, five. Rolls five. Through. <laughs> so so five rolls. Ball, I was like, what are we rolling? Rolls. So, while the other 
hovers. The egg. Well, the egg hovers on top of it. The egg is like its head, basically. The is it like more like its body with its head shaped? Is it pointy end up or round? Or is it sort of like symmetrical? It's symmetrical. Teardrop or reverse tear? Neither. It's symmetrical. Oh. Like a pill. Oh. Like a pill. Oh. No, more, more more like an egg. Because a but pill is a point point like a Nyquil gel cap. That. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> We're starting to get into like I'm trying to think of things It's it's just an oval in 3D. That's okay. all it is. Yeah, like a pill going up and like down. Like a sunflower seed. Yes, a pill. But it's, it's not. For the love of God, I don't care about the shape of its damn head. It's not an egg. Okay, I have a question for you guys. When going through portals, <laughs> please. You jumps. Does it? A. Yes, that was part of it. How do you go through? Walking. And B. Cartwheel. When you come out the other side, what do you guys feel like? Does it make you motion sick? Do you like sweat and you're all tense when you're going through, or or how do you guys react to going through portals? Do you enjoy it? Do you not enjoy it? I mean, we've been portal hopping quite a bit lately. We didn't used to do that. Ren does it all. Aurora the time. can't He's taste anything. Aurora can't <laughs> taste anything for like the first two minutes after going through a portal. Pinter is super used to any portal outside. She, time. other than to that, him, she's it's fine. just a way of traveling. Brandis like hopes door. every time that the portal will take him someplace he's never been. Like home? But it always fails. Because <clears throat> he's true. been everywhere. Deep. That's not true. Man. Yeah. Hugh, um, Hugh smells um, blood for just a moment upon re-exit, and it's always unsettling. He's like, what the hell is that? He's asked a couple people about it, and they're like, "Why? that's weird. Does it freak like, you out just a little anything. bit? Do you still have residual freakouts about blood every once in a while? Uh, <laughs> Maybe like anxiety. More like phobia phobias, where he's like, he gets freaked out that he'll have he's that issue. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to think. He gets freaked out that he'll see blood and get freaked out. You're kind of a... Where he sees blood, he's like... Oh, you're becoming kind of a hypochondriac about it. <laughs> kind of. I can't get near portals. Why? I might freak out. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Cool. What about Ren? Ren has done it so many times. He used to get a little bit motion sick when he'd go through, but <laughs> after that, he's kind of now when he goes through, it almost sounds like you can hear a spider moving around somewhere. Yeah. <gasps> he goes through, and it's he's kind of there's a thing that he does. It's like this kind of flex as he walks into it, and then when he, it's kind of like when you hold your breath when you're going through a tunnel. It doesn't really do anything, but he kind of does that. Like, he holds his breath and he kind of flexes as he goes through, and it works for him. Yes. Would you like me to get you one, Greg? All right, we're Thank through the portal. Like one? All right. No, I'm fine. You head through the portal, and Aurora recognizes where you are on the other side. It's Nowhere a desert. Interesting. It's the middle of the desert. However, you recognize it. Your estimate location is actually pretty damn close. You nice. can see the Mascari ruins. There they are. That's handy. Uh, on the horizon. What's the journey over? Let's walk over there. Yes, be careful. Hugh pops his mount and yes, oh, your cat for access. Thank you, Stoic Cutwater, for making your best mount ever. As brass and its mechanical wonder. Mechanical appears. wonder, I like that. Yeah. Pinter is in mechanical mode, but not full illusion mode. Uh, Aurora would rather walk this, because it's just... Yeah. I don't know. 
flying in the desert just is... Well, I mean, we just popped in here. We don't know really know what's going on in the surrounding area. Hugh does a few sweeps to make sure nothing else is going around with his enhanced vision to make sure that there are no threats and our meeting place was not sent in guise of someone else or that it's been compromised. Splendor. Okay, got it. Well, there it is. It's ruins. Kind of run-of-the-mill ancient Amaskari ruins. I mean, they're, actually, they're, they echo in many ways the old architecture from Deep Amaskar. Because they didn't change much being you know, sealed up back there. So you do see a little bit of that. You do recognize it. But it's clearly very old. Very, very old. Ren looks at Aurora and says, How many days were you here? Well, it only took about two. Yeah, it's still brutal. Yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Yeah. We didn't have things like endless bags of potatoes. Yeah. Or pretty much anything. Even healing potions, it takes a bag of cloaks. What I wouldn't have given for a bag of cloaks, we would have made a tent, a palatial tent. In two days. A bag of endless cloaks. It would have taken two days, and then I would have healed, and it would have been no point. Although that's fun, isn't it? Frida just begins walking. There are yep. people who die every year of cold. <clears throat> and yet we have an endless bag of cloaks. Thanks, Hugh. The irony is not lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, people starve. You know what? If those people worked a little bit harder, maybe they could have a bag now. of endless cloaks, too. <laughs> I wasn't saying we should do anything about it. I was just... Just being the Debbie Downer. <laughs> we know. We know. Uh, I, on the other hand, would have made a palace out of it. Didn't we so also clearly, you can see like, why. Come on, guys. Yeah, let's get over there. We, we, well, we're get walking. Over there. We're we are to the area. Does he see any threats? Nope. Cool. Excellent. Go to the Very quickly to the ruins. Then you reach the modestly uh, sized Amaskari ruins. Yes. There's a main central area, the exact place where uh, where Keeper had. Um, would you say he did? He, he protected Aurora. Yeah, we like we made a little shelter. Nursed and her there. back to health. Well, nursed he stood there, and like I nursed myself baby. back to her health. Really. So when he, he nursed kept her, her back from to health, hurting her herself. <laughs> yes, that's more what happened. I would be like, I, I'm, I'm fine. I can get up now. And, he'd be like, and as no, you step you towards this area, shit. the ground collapses. <laughs> Keep it attacks. No, wrong. He is oh, made. That's a little dark. A shard of pure evil. His energy like is sent through. Um, God, my witchers! You have failed. You took too long. Rumble. The world is destroyed. I think someone's going to be wearing a gladiator. Armor. Whoa! In gray armor, appears in the door doorway of the ruins. He's tall, middle-aged, and war-worn. Oh, so we're in the ruins now, like deep inside. Yes. Yeah, I said as you, you're stepping yeah. towards. So area. it's down underneath, in into the ground. There's like kind of an open area. It's buried underneath the sand, so. Cool. Yeah, you're heading Where to the. You're walking towards the room. So, he's wide shouldered and heavily muscular, with brown hair and eyes. His smile is grim as he regards you, holding Keeper's Great Spear by his side. This is unusual. Name yourself. You came. He knew Hugh you wouldn't be able to resist. Looks very, what? very closely at him. You're not Keeper. Who are you? The man pauses, flexing his fingers pensively. His smile softens as he looks at Aurora. I've forgotten what I must look like. You don't recognize me, of course. Um, no. Name yourself. 
Pinter says. He says, although, uh, he says, although I have taken up another name, I prefer Keeper, honestly. I became a real boy. What? So if this no. is a wrath, I'm Stupid. going to crazy. You're not. It's not a wrath, That's, is it? This is ridiculous. This is... We were projecting. We couldn't deal with this one. <laughs> So, uh, Pinter says, forgive us, we heard you were a, I, I at least heard you were a warforged, and yet you appear to he be a man. He is a warforged, this isn't Keeper, this, this is some is there no, imposter name. Did you know the warforged Keeper? Are you now like a meat machine like the rest of us? <laughs> says, I am now a meat machine. <laughs> What do you call yourself now? He says, There are those that call me Atros, but please, Keeper. And throughout this, he's just kind of... He's not really making eye contact contact with anyone. Okay. Um, care to explain all that? Yeah, Hugh definitely inside checks. I mean, he was around Keeper a few times in the past, trying to see if this feels like the same guy. It does appear to be. I mean, by it, it's more. it's strange that uh, uh, there, there are there are small cues the way he carries himself slightly the uh, obviously the weapon he wields but you see that the um you see, I mean the warforce they don't act like robots <laughs> like Dan's doing um you know they, they're they're very um human like they're just made out of metal um and they're just little cues you know kind of. The way he does his hair almost seems reminiscent of the way the the kind of metal plates have made up his uh, up his head. There's just these strange sort of mannerisms, is what uh, you're saying. Slight similarities in appearance, and then the way he talks and moves. His sort of he'd always been a little bit um, <coughs> quiet and pensive, uh, although that seems exaggerated now. Hard to tell if that's <coughs> his. Um, well, he didn't really have facial expressions before, so there's a lot to adjust to. Um, if it's really yeah, it's almost him. like the the quiet pensiveness is odd in a human, but when you think of him as keeper, you go, well, that makes sense because he never smiled. But Ren asks the real question: How? Yeah, Aurora did yeah, this how kind did of you, motion and was like, "What? How did you come to be like this?" He says, "I made a deal with Bazuzu." Uh, uh, what? <laughs> keeper pauses. Closing his eyes for a few seconds, uh, taking in Pinto's question. When he opens his eyes again, they carry a deep sadness with him. I, apparent to even Pinto the most socially, even apparent to Frida, the most socially awkward of the bunch. He looks at Frida. No, I'm saying oh. uh, even it. Frida. Can Who sense did you make the a deep deal with? Sadness within him. Was it Ren? Was it? <laughs> Keeper speaks out loud and he says, Surely it's been long enough. Huh? You hear a voice come from around you. It says, Certainly, thank you, Keeper. You've done well. Oh! oh! <laughs> Nuh uh! Well, croak your mouth. Party! Realize time, that right? while you've surprise, been surprised, yeah. surprise party? You lured us out in the middle of nowhere! We got, hey, we got Hasten, we got Frida. These ruins. We got RE5. That was basically one. The place where no one can hear you scream. <laughs> you realize that while you've been speaking, something has been happening to the weaves surrounding the ruins. Oh, God. What? Somehow the strands of the weaves 
weave has been fused, cutting you off magically from the world outside. Teleportation, portals, communication, any other magic reaching beyond the walls of this room that you are in seems completely unable to function as it normally could. Keeper stares at Aurora mournfully. What? He says, please understand, Aurora, I did it for you! Um, really could have gone a couple other ways with that one. Worst robot he, ever. I mean, he's standing a, a bit away, and, and he looks, and he kind of reaches a hand forward and says, You know, there's no way you could guarantee your survival at the end of all this. You, you'd you throw it all away. You'd throw your life away in a, in a second if it meant stopping the cataclysm. But, but Pazuzu can spare us. He can save us. He can save Seldi. What? Uh, who called it? As long as you're alive, there's hope. More hope than you could ever have to stop him in this death wish quest of yours. Aurora is frozen with rage and shock. Put your shards together. Let's capture him. Shard time. <laughs> no. What are you saying? What? What is this? He says, I'm saving you. I'm saving Seldi. Ren doesn't No, give you're a- not. You're Ren being... Says, Wake up, Aurora. He's betrayed us. Ren doesn't give a flying crap yes, about I what's going that. on I between just... the two of them right now. Yeah. He is actively scanning the room to see if there are any uh, uh, chinks in the armor to exploit or uh, exits or where the voice is coming from or anything. I mean, it is very apparent to him now yeah, that they the have walked into some kind of a trap and he's so, trying to yeah. figure out the mechanics of it. Hugh uh, draws his bow yeah. and uh, looks to... Aurora takes out her hammer and she's like... We trying to determine where... This, this uh, not good. So let me get this straight. You you somehow rationalized that it would be a good idea to bring about the end of the world. For, for He says, Yes, I'd let the entire world burn if it meant saving you. Oh Jesus. Really should have married him. He really does like you. I mean that's pretty clear. But why? Is it can you how can you ask me that? He takes several strides. Towards Aurora. He's within arm's reach when he stops short. After everything I've done, how can you not know? I think he kind of likes you. Is Hugh just standing there saying this? Hugh is just, I mean, there are certain turns of fate where it's just Hugh is just sort of like, this is so bad, it's funny. Like, the shit we're in now. This is the deepest shit ever. And there are ten kinds of horror happening here. She really is. The, the expression is shock. So can we and not da- get out of like this and doubt? Area <laughs> we're in, there's a barrier. As Aurora is processing this, uh, what is going through Pinto's mind? <laughs> he's he's immediately analyzing situation. Got all his little through the goggles boop, 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 things going on. And uh, is there a barrier to this? Area? Yes. Uh, what Pinto sees is that like the weave, you know, which is kind of this, this weave yeah. thing, has just fused shut and there's like a, a just a solid barrier around <laughs> this room that you're in and you find that as you look around not only has the weave become solid but the light is starting to drop as well as your visibility outside of this oh, area geez. is dropping as well and Mentally, this Pinter as, as he sees this happening as he sees th- this fusing of the weave uh, a sense of dread yes. uh, is unavoidable because this is not uh, this is near no Mere magician's trick. 
we should capture it because you do have crystals. He mentally talks to Hugh and says, Hugh, yeah. is there anyone else in here with us? Hugh extends his senses, uh, smell, sight, hearing. Yeah, they might have been outside. Um, is there anyone else in there? Does Hugh see or hear anyone? No. Kind of, no, there's no one um, else except for Keeper. Yeah, Aurora is just... Going back to Aurora. Absolutely stunned, sorry. Um... He's looking at and Aurora she, with this, just these pleading eyes. Well, and they're eyes that she doesn't even recognize because he didn't look like this last time she saw him, and he disappeared for years, and now suddenly shows up with this bizarre betrayal slash confession thing. She has absolutely no idea how to respond. She's just furious. She's absolutely furious, and she just looks at him. And is like, Pazuzu must have gotten to you. You've gone insane. You've got. You're absolutely out of your mind. You're some kind of He's, he's being mind-controlled or something, right? This is... This is not... He says, no! And, like, just cuts her off, uh, waving his hand in the air. And he says, I did this for me and for you! He says, he says, I came to him! Oh, jeez. Ren... This is insane. Ren kind of steps up and says, I don't mean to interject your little lover's quarrel here, but... What... What was the point of luring us here? We are in a shitstorm now, in case you haven't noticed. So, why are we here? And he and he starts yelling out, and he's like, "What? What? What do you want? We're here. You got us. What do you want?" And he looks straight at at, at Keeper and, and says, "What was your plan?" He says, "Look." Uh, he he ignores. Ren, not completely ignores him. He doesn't look at Ren. He looks at Aurora, and he says, he says, I made the deal that you wouldn't be willing to make. I, I secured our safety, our survival. I can't believe you would trust a demon. He, he shakes his head, and he says, he says, look, look what he has given me. He just points to his own body. I see what you've lost, whatever humanity you actually ever had. Keeper. He says, in my old body, I could not, I could not express how I felt. Oh, that's kind of dirty. Interesting. Ren, Ren says to her, hey, get your boy to tell us what's going to happen. He's not listening to me. What's going on? Hugh kind of just Keeper, sort of yells Keeper, out to the air, like, hey, Pazuzu, like, it's not... what's like the whole deal with messing with our past? What's that all about? He, uh, he was just speaking into the yeah. air. Yeah. Um, Hugh! Kind of having a thing here. Keeper, right, I know. Keeper Pinter and closes says, his eyes and as he opens them. There's nothing. What was the last thing you said? I got distracted. Um, she. Uh, she said. She said that it, it can't happen this way. This is. Oh, he this says. This isn't what the world. Says, it's already done. And you're really? even more lost than I thought. How? And at this point, you can see her eyes are like glistening with tears. She's she's majorly distraught by this, uh, and you you see her hands shaking. And she just looks at him and she goes, "If if you ever loved me, if you ever cared for me, you wouldn't." You wouldn't have done this. You wouldn't have forced my hand like this. Do you realize what you've done? Do you have any idea? 
what you've done. He says, I have secured your survival. And then in quiet despair, as if he knows what she's saying, he says, I love you, Aurora. You love her, let her go. Ren turns and looks at Aurora. And she just looks at him really sadly and says, I, I can't forgive you. And I can't be with you. And I can't spare you now. Wait. A mentor throws a storm out. He says, Is it in your power at all, Keeper, to get us out of here for the love you have for Aurora? He just, his eyes are shut and he's just bowed his head. Then he's useless. Don't Friends kill him. He's already keeper. dead. I'm sorry. There are certain compulsions that a justiciar has to follow. What he's done is the greatest offense anyone has ever done to this world. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I mean, that's pretty cool. Let's kill them all and everything like that. But maybe we should get our asses out of here first? I mean, we're kind of in a bubble. We're, like, the lights are turning off. He's saying, like, we're trapped here. Like, I would like to kill him later. Listen! I mean, if we're all going to die, killing him is kind of moot. This is justice! (laughs) And she, she just strides forward all of a sudden, and she... Puts her hand over his heart, and you Whoa. see a sudden surge of energy. I mean, you've got like a second. If you're gonna grab her, that's really the only way you're gonna stop it. He doesn't care that much. I mean, and Winter covers his eyes. Keeper it, holds his ground as he feels her uh, her hand against his chest, and she does it. What? Well, just describe it. What happens? Uh, I have a. I don't have it with me, but I wrote it. You want your thing that you wrote? Thank you. Um, Aurora puts her hand to his chest and feels his heart beating wildly despite his calm demeanor. Her hand begins to glow with bright white light, causing her eyes to sting. Keeper holds his ground until finally the light explodes outward, pouring into him. He staggers back, great spear clattering on the stone. He falls with a heavy thud the light fading from his eyes with the barest flicker of silver light and his breath stills. Are we still... Is the weave still hardened around us? And you just see Aurora breathing heavily. Tears are streaming down her face. She's shaking. And in some way you know she doesn't even realize what she's done yet. That she's acted on pure compulsion. Says, the red shards you carry begin to glow faintly. Whoa. What does Pinter say? Pinter says, and then he looks back and goes, whoa. <laughs> uh, but he says, we're still trapped. And he says, that did nothing to this, uh, to the, uh, to the weave. He says, but your action may have done something to the shards. He says, they do respond to evil. <laughs> The room is cast in a soft red light. Seconds later, a figure coalesces out of the shadows beside Keeper's body, looking entirely human, save for the four lustrous red wings arching from his back. He looks surprisingly young, with sharp, angular features and a warm smile. He's looking 
directly at Aurora. Aurora, tears angry on her face. face. He arches a black eyebrow elegantly as he speaks. Tragic. He made a deal for your sake and your daughter's, and this is how you repay him. She says, are we going to do this now? Because we better do it now. I'm not giving you any more time. Uh, Pinter and Ren, actually everybody, can feel the power emanating from this creature is beyond immense and evil to the very core. Whatever you see before you is definitely an illusion that hides something more monstrous and powerful than anything you've encountered in even the most nightmarish realm of the dark world. His black eyes glitter with pleasure as he watches you scrutinizing him. His smile unchanging. Mentally. You can ask him your thing. Conference call. Conference call. Quick. <laughs> so he's conference calling. So why are you messing with our past? Just curious. Like, yeah. Do we put together a shot? Seriously? I, Walloon sucked. He says, that is why, uh, he says, that is why you are so amusing to me. He says, you have constantly surprised me. You have, uh, he says, your actions were not what I predicted, and my plans, they did not work. But your meddling is finished now. You haven't even begun to understand the position that you're in. Yeah, I have no idea what's about to happen. And he actually. starts to pace back and forth. Pinter, he says, Pinter. ah, you. Actually, Croker. He knows us pretty well. He's probably been I, I watching us. He puts back to the That's creepy. And he asks, um... I'll get his giggles off it. What do you want? You have us trapped. You have all the time and the eternity to tell us your devious plan. Yes. For sure. <laughs> surely we cannot escape. And therefore not ruin it. He says, uh... He says, The world is about to change and all of your struggles will soon be as meaningless as they are futile. He says, he says, I do not know how you, uh, you have discovered these, uh, these things that you carry, and I have done everything I can to stop you from getting them. He says, it seems it was not enough, and today I would be rid of all of you forever. We may surprise you yet again. Mm. Then he shoots him. <laughs> Ren's getting a shotgun. Ren's getting a little bit nervous. I mean, Ren is a shoot-from-the-hip badass. Don't care. But shit's hitting the fan right now, and he's a little nervous so, about this well, one. How did you describe him? Immensely powerful? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, uh, yeah. walks towards Aurora. Pinter has Aurora cast raises out. her hammer like she's going to knock his block off. In a Pinter second. has cast out that message that says, we may need to put together a charge to trap him. You hear a laughter fill your heads. <laughs> As he says, You... Uh, he says, This is more amusing than I thought. You have gathered them, but you don't even know what to do with them. You know, we're trying. Greatest <laughs> attacks Pazuzu. Yeah, the charge attack. He says, My urgency to stop you, it seems, was ill-founded. What happens with the charges? Go ahead and roll an attack. Go ahead. I choose to not use power attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I roll a 19. Nice. Oh, nice. Charge at 52. Brandis charges towards Pazuzu. Pazuzu is walking towards Aurora, reaching out, uh, reaching out a hand towards her. And as Brandis charges oh, from jealous. the side, <laughs> from the side, he just waves out his hand, and as he does so, you see Brandis lifted off of his feet and thrown oh, back oh, oh, oh. 20 feet. Let this test. You guys are welcome. 
Cool. Um, Thanks. Frida, if we jump right now, that'd be super cool. Yeah, Frida, can you do that? The, the, she never taught us that. I don't know. But you're right, the weave? Yeah, she's here. Yeah, she's but you here. said the, the hardened weave prevents Frida is standing with a hardened else, look so. on her face like she is in battle stance. Like she has got like just this look like she's waiting for you guys to attack and Attic she's going girl. to join in. Well, yeah. she's not going to join me. Her attacks, she'll attack. She's furious. Should we even try putting together the shards? I mean, we can... Uh, Try. Did we ever actually touch them all or something last time? I thought we did, but no, we were just no. looking at them. You put them all. Well, you put them all together, remember? And that's when okay. uh, Solus came out. When well, we put together all the shards, yeah, yeah you held them all together in the middle. You asked everyone to do it, and then Ren had this whole thing where he, oh, that's right, yeah, he hesitantly did it. Oh, okay, yeah, I thought yeah, you were talking did. about Solus, and you gathered the readings. So, figure so out yeah, Aurora, Aurora definitely like leaps at him. Just her face contorted with oh. hatred and grief, and just. Fury, she's she's experiencing a myriad of emotions right now, and none of them are happy. Several. Several are actually unhappy in nature. So yeah, she she attacks Pazuzu. That's a one. As Aurora leaps at her. (laughs) She hurts herself. Pazuzu, uh... (laughs) Not a good... Aurora leaps at him and then just freezes in the air, her hammer raised... And he just looks up and starts tracing her crown with his uh, with an outstretched, long-nailed finger, tracing the outline of it. And he says, You know, good men are too easily driven to unspeakable betrayal. I barely had to do more than mention your name. And he did make a rather good man, don't you agree? Or it's frozen, so she cannot respond. Yeah, uh, it was Pinter, Pinter puts down his croaker mast. And uh, he says, uh... This is why you summoned me. And he puts forth his, uh, his glove and he says, Pashtari clan, I call you forth. And his, uh, mom, dad, and twelve brothers and sisters come streaming out of the glove and just one, like, swirling beam towards, uh, Pazuzu. Uh, we'll say cloud of daggers. Uh, so that's, uh, 38. As, as the stream of uh, of spirits of ghosts uh, fly towards Pazuzu, as they collide with the form of Pazuzu, uh, Pinter experiences the most horrifically nightmarish vision come from where Pazuzu is standing. Not a a bird faced man with wings. Not even uh, you know a giant creature. But it is a thing of pure. Nightmare, pure madness just enters his mind as the whole world around him, just for a moment. Uh, it, it is as if every single thing he is standing on all the walls are about to reach out and rip him to shreds, knocking him back. And then yeah, he and falls then to his knee and just screams out. And the ghost is the well to shriek, disbanding, and even like falling into the sand, almost like worms escaping. He throws Aurora to the ground. He says, I have to admit, I'm glad things turned out this way. He says, under normal circumstances, I wouldn't be able to touch you directly. And then he looks to each of you, he says, but you initiated contact one by one. Huh. The shards glow brightly, responding to his words. The shard of pure evil. I have no idea. I'm going to be fading into his trap. 
Ren doesn't say anything. We've procured all of these items. Ren's, Ren's not saying anything. He is... He's under no illusion that Pazuzu would dust us if he wanted to. He doesn't bother attacking. He just stands there staring at him and is intently watching and listening to the words that Pazuzu says. And here we are at last. He says, you know, I thought about killing you. It would be more, uh, it would be efficient. It would be generous to each of you. But he looks to Brandis and he says, but that wouldn't be enough, would it? He says, uh, he says, thus far my, uh, my plans have failed. You have each surprised me. I will not let that happen again. And you see him reach just up into the air and squeeze. And you see golden strands appear in his hand. Pinter takes out that crystal. He's got a crazy idea. He's raised his mask as the ghosts aren't listening to him anymore. And he just reaches in and takes out the shard or the splinter. And he runs up and tries stabbing just even in the, the leg or the side or anything. Using his encounter stealth powers that Arcana is stealth. And uh, so just suddenly appearing by his side, trying to basically make contact between the crystal and Pazuzu. Roll it. Should I roll this as an attack or as the stealth uh, roll it, uh, whichever one you'd like. I'm gonna use my encounter power. And do it as stealth, so I can use arcane as stealth. So that is gonna be, I got a six, so that is 43. Against all odds, Pinter appears to approach him unnoticed. As Pinter digs the sharp part of the shard into him, uh, Pazuzu looks surprised as he looks down, swings his arm, swatting. Uh, yeah, one of his wings swats uh, Pinter away, throwing him against one of the uh, the stone ruin walls uh, next to him. And uh, you see that it didn't seem to uh, to hurt him much, but did surprise him. As uh, and to this, he see he loses this calm demeanor he had, and as he's holding these uh, golden strands in his hand and you see these golden strands have started to glow more and more. It is five strands that are like coming out of either end of his hand and he pulls down on them as if there are these strings attached to something in the air. And each of you uh, I'm sorry seven strands Uh, RA5? Seven (laughs) strands in his hand as he uh, pulls on them and each of you Feel, uh, each of you feel as if your soul is being wrenched out of your uh, out of your body. He pulls on them, and he says, "He says this plan has been forty five thousand years in the making." And he says, "He says the arrogance that you, the you mortals." And he looks around uh, she tries to, to everyone there. So let's get out of the crowd. Yeah. Help! Hugh, um, Hugh would never forgive beep, himself. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Died without at least making a chance of attacking. Yes, he's um. And Aurora's like trying to like activate crown power, like get Solus out here, like fling Solus at him. What's Ren doing this whole time? Ren, well, right, he said he's he's, he's just watching. Yeah. Ren's just standing there watching and listening. Hurry, Bob, do it. He's uh, not. He's next to Hurry, Bob. He he knows 
Ren is under no illusions of how powerful this guy is, and he's seen your attempts, yeah. and he knows that this is... What am I going to do? So he stands there and is just listening to see if there is some tidbit he can glean, or a weakness that Pazuzu will accidentally slip and... And fall on his face? I mean, Ren, him? Ren walked into this trap, he should have known, and he... I mean... Yeah. So far, I mean, this is the first time Pazuzu has actively, like, hurt him physically. Up until now, it was all just talk. So Ren was like, well, I can't do anything to him. Might as well hear him out. So, uh... But now he feels like he's getting, his soul is getting wrenched. So right now he's... Wrenched. He's focused on that. Yeah. Um, Hugh dashes forward. Um... Arrow is faced! And, Put a uh... Face in his arrow or something... With your bow, like, Just, uh, no, totally ineffective. Um, I'm gonna kick him. No, uh, no. Hugh dashes forward, uh, getting to almost point blank range, and uh, releases uh, releases the Chronos arrow uh, at a range where he feels he cannot miss, uh, which is anywhere, and firing again as it re- reappears in his hand almost instantly. All right, so Corey. <laughs> oh, I should have attacked after you, Corey. Uh, oh, low roll. I know all of us are rolling. Uh, let's see, so... Hey, he rolled 19. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, 41. If I get His prime strike, it's like 42. Yeah. AC. Uh, lowish. I've missed on other critters. And it's worse than that charm. for the second one. I could have heroic effort it. <laughs> As the arrow just kind of warps at Pazuzu, Pazuzu with his other hand grabs the arrow, and for just a moment, it is in his hand as it then disappears and reappears back uh, to Hugh. And he says, A clever trinket. I'm a fan. For all the good So let's see, Aurora's on the ground, Brandis is on the ground. Aurora's desperately trying to summon Solace. She's like, Solace comes out of the crown. And appears. Solus, do something! He's evil! He's a wrong thing! Wrong thing! Solus appears standing there looking at Pazuzu, and Pazuzu says, Mistra! No, that's Solus! And she. She's not Mistress Solus. Says, It's been some time since we've spoken. Pinter says, Careful, Solus! And Solus just kind of. Kick him in the face! Pazuzu just smiles at Aurora and he says, You don't know who you are dealing with! And he says, Soon this world! He says, He says, He says, I will bring mine to it! He says, This will... Uh, he says, This plan will be finished! I am so close now! And pulls the strands down again. And this time, you feel the... The uh, the sense, the, the feeling of your spirit being wrenched is as if you are attached to these uh, to these strands that are there, and then you realize that the sensation is oddly, uh, just barely reminiscent of when you have been tugged into another world before, and you see as he starts pulling down as if against a great resistance, each of you uh, feel the tugging so strong. As then, Pazuzu holds up his hand, and you see a blade appear uh, appear in it—a uh, a great um, golden sword. 
a great golden sword as he strikes down at the strands that he is holding in his hand. And all of your visions go black. And then a moment later, blinking. You find yourselves in the aberrant wasteland that you've seen before. You have to send us to the worst one. Frida, panicking, uh, looks around to each of you and says, "Something, something is wrong. Something is wrong." That's and probably. She like starts grabbing at her things and she says, "Says our tether, it's gone. We're stuck here." And we'll continue next week. <laughs> Lost. That was a good session. Well, at least we know there's a nice, safe place to go.